Hey guys, this is Field of Vapor. Hey folks, this is Pete Bissardo. Hey guys, this is Ruby Roo, and you're listening to Smoke Free Radio. Welcome to another edition of Smoke Free Radio. I am back for 2015. I I hope that you and your families had a wonderful um, holiday season, and I wish nothing but love and happiness for the new year. Also, I want to thank all of you that sent me messages over the holidays. Uh, I really appreciate it. It really touched me. Uh, and it's nice to to see that so many people appreciate the advocacy effort that not only me, but all the people that are involved, uh, and there's not many of them, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, try to do to um, to keep this product alive. Uh, we're facing uh, an uphill battle this year. Um, thanks to Basil Ray, I've been signed up to a capital tracker that uh, picks up the bills that involve electronic cigarettes and vapor products, and it's been very busy this week. Um only 14 days into the new year, we have around 10 states that have proposed some form of taxation or reclassification of e-cigs, and that's just the beginning, uh, because we do know there's another three or four states that are coming, including my state, Tennessee, which our lobbyists informed us uh, of this week. For example, Indiana, uh, the Attorney General has proposed taxing e-cigarettes at the current state tobacco tax rate of 24% of the wholesale price. Uh, In Nevada... Uh, Bill number 79 provides for the taxation of liquid nicotine at 30% of the wholesale price. Uh, New Hampshire has some increase uh, in tobacco taxes itself. Um, New Jersey, uh, again, uh, raising the price of uh, of snuff. Uh, also, cigarette tax um, per pack, 30 cents. Uh, New Mexico, Bill 65 would impose an excise tax at the rate of 4 cents per milligram of liquid nicotine solution uh, contained in alternative nicotine products. Uh, New York, New York is is really bad. 
really bad. Uh, of course, assessing taxes, trying to ban open vapor and e-liquid, uh, bottled e-liquid, um, and also taxing nicotine cartridges at a 75% rate of the wholesale price. Uh, Oregon, again, trying to reclassify the definition of tobacco products to include electronic cigarettes. Uh, Virginia, that's a bad one. Uh, trying to tax vapor products at a rate of 40 cents per milliliter of nicotine liquid solution. That would add, uh, you know, approximately six bucks to a 15 mil bottle. Uh, and in Wyoming, again, another tax on uh, increase in Texas cigarettes. That's just today. That's what we have here today. So uh, long uphill bell. Here in Tennessee, it's going to get even uglier. RGR has really pressed. And make no mistake, I mean, RGR is behind most of this. Um, this is a uniform attack on an industry that they know does not have the funds or the organization, uh, organizational skills right now to combat this on multiple fronts. Uh, it's clearly what, the, what, what they're trying to do, take advantage of the market. Um, once again on Facebook today, uh, after posting some stories, trying to raise some awareness uh, in different states, I kept getting the same thing from a few vapors. Oh, it's okay, you know, uh, vendors should up their milligram and then sell zero milligram and mix it. And, and you know, all, all, always trying to find this this manipulative way to, to, to fuck the system, right? Uh, that is not the right approach. Or accept a tax. Okay, let's accept a four cents tax. You guys got to understand that once they classify this as tobacco, we're fucked. It's plain and simple. Uh, nothing stops them from raising the tax every year as their budgets will shortfall. And they will. Guess what? More people are quitting tobacco, combustible tobacco. And as more people quit to combustible tobacco, the cash registers will keep being empty. Don't accept a tax. Don't compromise. Tobacco taxes were implemented, were masquerade really, because of the public health hazard that they created. Prove to me that e-cigs cause the same harm, and I might consider it. I might, but guess what? They can't. Let me bring my buddy Stefan inside here. He has a few things to say, and then we'll rant some more. Good evening, Mr. Stefan Didak. Uh, hello. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, 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 over, overwhelmed, overworked, and uh, uh, hardly have any time to breed, which is pretty much why I'm calling in for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. That, fill me in a little bit because you know, uh, with my trip to China, I haven't really um, been been following this Kerbit, uh, this hashtag Kerbit thing. So, so get us up to up to speed, and uh, what do you want us to do? Okay, so this curbiting launched in uh, San Francisco, which is a, a public ad campaign to influence public opinion to make them believe that e-cigarettes are just as bad as regular cigarettes, uh, that vapor is toxic, and that everybody should only use these, these, these products at the curb. Hence the hashtag curbit. Now... After they launched this, we pretty much, in collaboration with our English friends, hijacked the hashtag and uh, pretty much ruined their social media uh, presence, mm -hmm. which was fun. But uh, unfortunately, this, this is having very serious repercussions and Glance, who's involved in this, has been on the radio saying they're going to take Kerbit throughout California mm -hmm. and he's been encouraging other states and 
other cities to follow their lead. Now, based on his past pattern of behavior, if he's openly and publicly encouraging it, they're already working on it. So combined with the legislative efforts at all the in all the different states, and you already just mentioned a whole bunch of them, uh, we're also looking at a massive influence over public opinion. And of course, they're doing this because uh, at the state levels, they're, 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 they haven't been that successful. Now, if they can influence public opinion to all turn against us, they stand an even better chance. So after all this, I basically shouted out saying, well, we're going to work on something and then counter this and, and we'll come up with a plan. And then I fell off the face of the planet and nobody heard from me. Uh, that is not because we're not working on it. That's because we're working so hard on it that uh, I literally didn't have time to breathe for pretty much the entire how, how week. How dare you? How dare yeah. you? A volunteer <laughs> advocating for this product. How dare you? <laughs> not reply and fall. What's the matter with you? You're fired. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still interviewing my uh, new uh, assistant who can reply to all these emails with, with canned emails. I, I, I think Barbara Boxer has a really good assistant that, that, that's really good at sending out canned emails. I, I should hire her, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, the thing is, we, we are working very hard. And um, uh, the reason I'm, I'm rather pleased with this and uh, maybe uh, – might consider sending a thank you note to San Francisco Tobacco Free, their coalition, and Professor Glances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not seen this much positive fighting spirit coming out of both industry and the consumer space for many months. They might have actually accomplished what we tried and failed at. <laughs> By themselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So... Um, we're working on something that, of course, I am not going to uh, address publicly. I'm okay. not going to say what we're going to do. But it's going to be a pilot project in San Francisco that's going to be designed as a template for other cities and other states to adopt. It can be rolled out at fairly affordable cost. And it would counter them exactly where it hurts, plus give us all the various opportunities that we should have been taking in the past year or the year before. And never got to do mm-hmm. so um, my, my, my basic question to uh, all your listeners is if, if you're a vendor if you're serious if you're fed up uh, join, join your other fellow peers who are fed up and just simply contact me and let me get you on board on what we're doing how we're going to do it and maybe actually make a very big difference and push back this negative influence over public opinion you know, uh, how powerful is social media, Stefan? Uh, it is very powerful, except uh, we, we do have a lot of uh, preaching to the choir even within our own social media. And the, the thing we're looking at is, is we've been saying for pretty much a year, we should stop preaching to the choir. We should preach outside of our choir. This is a little different. We're getting the choir to preach outside of the choir. Yeah. Uh, how can people contact you if they want to get more information on uh, on the plan that is at hand? Uh, very simple. I'm not going to give out my phone number because it's, it's been ringing off the hook the past week. But uh, easiest, quickest way, uh, if you can find me on Facebook, if you are on Facebook, just use my name, Stefan Diedak, S-T-E-F-A-N-D-I-D-I-K. Uh, otherwise, email works best. Uh, that will be uh, S-T-E-F-A-N at S-D-E-F-A-N-D-I-D-A-K dot com. 
It's pretty simple. I I always call it D Dak D E E D A K. Oh well, hey, at least you know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Stefan at stefandedak.com. Anything else that you want to add, Stefan? I got a lot to get to. Uh, nope, that's it. And thank you for your time. Thank you for your hard work. I, for one, certainly appreciate what you're doing and anything that can do. This platform is always open for you. Perfect. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Stefan. Have a great night. Uh, I'll be listening in. You got it. Thank you. Um. By the way, I have to congratulate uh, Kevin with uh, with uh, the VB Live Network here. Five years, going on five years of doing VP Live Radio on Sunday nights. That is uh, that is a feat in this community, uh, and uh, and I wish him many more. Him and his one and a half ball. Uh, I hope he gets <laughs> to be doing more. So he's gonna be a father now. He's gonna have time. <laughs> Oh Lord, I can't even imagine Kevin being a father. I like when he when he announced it Sunday. He kept saying that Jamie's going to be a good mother, <laughs> and I'm sure she will. Basically, what he was trying to say is like uh, Jamie's going to take care of everything. <laughs> Let me call my buddy Phil to come in. <laughs> I, I got an intro music for him too as well. Too. Hold on, let me see, let me see if I can get this one going. Stand by. Turn down your radio, there, Phil. Hello. Hold, hold on a sec. I got some intro music for you. Okay, hold on, hold on. Oh God. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on Smoke Free Radio, the one and only Mr. Phil Busardo. <laughs> you know, I was I was torn. By the way, by the way, I want to say that that my wife my wife uh, picked the intro music for you. Oh, and, fantastic! And, and we and we were torn between two. Okay, so I have to play this as well too, since you're here. Okay, hold on. The one and only William Hung. He's Chinese. I guess that counts, right? <laughs> what is that? Like a, a cover of She Bangs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Hold on. Hold on. He sounds, by the way, like every Chinese that we spoke to that spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he sounds a lot better. <laughs> he does. He does. What's going on, buddy? How you doing, man? You're interrupting me. I'm doing a video. How dare you? Uh, I'm sorry. What are you shooting? Um, the Cloudpore Mini. The Cloudpore Mini. I. You told me you were impressed with that device. I, I am. You know, it's got. It does one thing. It does one thing that I absolutely hate. Uh, but everything about it, uh, other than that, is uh, is pretty good. Pretty good. Big move this year, and we we've seen it with the ice stick setting the tone, right? Big move for all these small, powerful boxes coming out of China. Is that going to be the tone you think for twenty fifteen? Uh, looks like it so far. Look, I mean, I've got like a stack of them here to look at, with more coming in. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that seems to be the the, the direction. It's not a bad direction either. I don't think. I, I like it. I like that move, and I think uh, I think it's uh, it's it's kind of taken over a little bit the ego space as well too. I know a lot of people are starting with these devices, twenty thirty watt boxes with a nice Nautilus mini tank on there. It's a great vape. Yeah, for sure. I, I tell you what, I've been using the um, I tested the the Clawpore Mini two different ways. One with the uh, the K Fun K four, uh, and the other one with the um, uh, the Nano Sub Tank from Kanger. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, this little box with that Kanger um, Nano Sub Tank is 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 like if you're if you're a cloud chaser, if you're a volume vapor, if you like that direct lung inhale, what a fantastic combination that is. You know, it's just just a, a lot of power, a lot of vapor. A lot of flavor in in a, in a tiny tiny little package, and it's pretty pretty special. I called Mike Bazzetti, and we patented patented the <laughs> volume vapor. <laughs> that's, a, that's that's probably my favorite term. Um, you know, one thing that I, that I want to make sure that that we do feel as we're moving on to 2015 is yes. to to make sure people know that a lot of these boxes use the same chip. So you know, we have to kind of you know set maybe kind of categorizing because in all honesty like i got the defender in it's basically the ice stick chip in a different body you know so it's it, we're seeing a lot of that they're, they're using the same chip in china and putting it in these boxes right yeah but the problem is you never know what can i curse on your show absolutely all you want you never, you never know what fucking firmware or version it is and they all do something a little bit different and the menus are a little bit different i mean it's like with with a DNA board, it's easy. I test the right. DNA forty, and then I can just look at all the products that use the DNA forty. Right, right. But with these, they, they, I don't know. Sometimes they're just a little bit different, or they tweak them to get more power out of them. So it's like I find myself having to to just test every aspect of all the devices that are coming in. You know. That's true. That's true. And a lot of choices out there. I'm really excited about 2015 as far as uh, that's concerned. As far as tanks and devices, I am, I'm extremely excited. As far as taxation and state legislation, I'm frightened. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what the, this device actually, this, this packet, it reminds me of you a little bit. Why? It's a lot of power in a tiny little package. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> you're you're releasing way too much information uh, after the China trip, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Spend too much time with you in hotel rooms. That's uh, why. <laughs> three, three, four, seven, three, zero, eight, eight, three, two, nine. Press one if you want to participate with any questions or comments. All right, let's get to the China trip. Now, this trip actually, the the talk of this trip started back in in July in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, during the Vape Summit. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I've had a, a few offers to to visit China. But, um, you know, we, we finally sat down and we talked with Inikin, and you, you know me and my vacation time, which I, I never have any because I use all my vacation time for the events, but um, you finally pulled my leg enough and said, you know, let's, let's just do it. I mean, you know, we, we've got the invitation from, uh, from Inikin. Let, let's, let's make it happen. Uh, in fact, you t- you took an unpaid leave <laughs> to go to China. Let's see. I feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> uh, you're you're gonna get the bill, so don't feel too bad about it. But you know, one one of the one of the requirements I think from both of our wives was that we go together. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, you, you know, you're going you know halfway around the the world, really, and uh, and uh, so so it was it was a little bit frightening. But definitely, it was a, it was an exciting opportunity to be able to visit and see where all these devices are made and. And and gather a lot of footage and a lot of information to show back to the people that might have a different perception of what China is. Yeah, um, without a doubt. You know, this this was one of those. I, it, it was the it was the the first one that I was really stressed over, and I was stressed over because you know the unknown, uh, a very very different culture. Um, it, not a lot of people speak in English. Like you said, halfway around the world, communist country. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I've heard horror stories. You know, if you have a camera, they follow you around. And really, kind of none, none of that happened. None. None. Right? I mean, none of it. Well, that's because we listened to Brandon. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Which, by the by the way, at the at the meeting that we had with Inakin at the summit, Brandon was uh, was sitting there there at the dinner table with us, and uh, he, of course, uh, sells his chip to Inakin for the SVD and I think a few a couple of the future more projects, and right. uh, he had planned to come to China as well for business. Him and Trent from the Hannah Mods. By the way, those new Hannah Mods were pretty nice. Yeah, they are pretty nice. They're pretty nice. Yeah, they were going there. Um, they were going there to talk to Anakin, but I think they were also hunting um, battery companies because we weren't with them uh, at, at really at all. No, right. uh, I, th- I think uh, part of it was that that Brandon was going to come with us to kind of make us feel safe because he's been there before. And by the yeah. way, all the information that Brandon gave us was wrong. Every, <laughs> every, every, every little piece. <laughs> Every single bit of it. Like he's like, all right. So listen, we're gonna get on the subway, and when you get on the subway, you can't take any photos, right? So we right, get on the subway, and like everybody's taking selfies and pictures. Like this, <laughs> there's no signs anywhere. We're not taking pictures. <laughs> it was great. It, it was fun. It was fun. You know, Brandon's really cool, but but um, just needs to brush up on his, uh, you know, yeah. Chinese a little bit. <laughs> if you ever go to China, just don't take any advice or suggestions from Brandon. <laughs> Um, but it, it, as as the trip progresses, we're trying to plan the trip. Uh, Kanger and uh, and Egate, of course, uh, 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 makers of the brand Aspire, uh, wanted right. us to come visit their factories as well too. So it kind of turned into uh, a, a multi-company type funded trip, correct? Yeah, I mean, that, that, I, I, all I know is at the beginning, Anakin was paying for the trip mm-hmm. uh, for us to go there and to see the factory. Um, and then before you know it, uh, Kanger, uh, chipped in, um, you know, Aspire chipped in or EI gate. And, uh, and, and then you're right. It was a, it was a multi-company funded, uh, adventure, if you will. And then, um, you know, you've got a lot of, um, uh, of good use out of it because you got to really talk to, um, Sevia. Yeah, and it, it was it was pretty interesting. We'll dive into that uh, here in a little bit, a little bit more detail. But it started off to be just me making a presentation to Sevia, which I thought was <laughs> extremely important for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, open vapor product. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? We should probably. Why don't you talk about what Sevia is first, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so Sevia is the Shenzhen Electronic Vapor Industry Association. It was newly formed this year. Uh, led by the big three. Uh, actually, this was James by Inakin uh, Initiative, and then Kanger and Aspire, uh, E-Gate, uh, jumped on board. So the big three uh, wanted to form an association to represent the electronic cigarette manufacturers in China, kind of show more of an organization um, that, that they care, that they're coming together, and they want to they make a difference. Uh, a few more companies have joined uh, um, uh, Sevilla now. And basically what, what I wanted to do is take advantage of being there and Trying to save open vapor. I mean, that, I think to me that was that was a huge, huge point to get across. Simply because what we've seen the last five, six months in the conferences that I've attended here in the United States is not only is big tobacco coming after open vapor, uh, not only are the governments coming after open vapor, but even some e-cig companies like Logic have been coming after open vapor. And um, and like you, and, and part of the presentation that you gave at the conference, I believe that without open vapor, uh, this product is dead. It has no future. Yeah, and and you know when we talk about open vapor, if you're out there listening, if you are a tank user, if you are a dripper user, if you if you have a bottle of e-liquid sitting next to you, uh, you are an open vaporer. Open right? vaporer, I mean, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically, what we do uh, is kind of in jeopardy, and um, you know, I mean, I, I, I 
a lot of people don't realize, uh, you know, just how in jeopardy uh, it is, uh, but you do. And, and whenever I talk to you, it's always like, oh, man, we're, we're fucked. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know? because, you, because you know, you have the inside track. You hear everything. You know what's going on behind the scenes. And, uh, and I know what you're trying to do. And you're, you're trying to save our way of vaping, man, you know. And, and, and I really appreciate that because I don't have the patience for advocacy. It's uh, it's it's a task, I tell you that. But but uh, before we get to the conference, and we'll talk a little bit more detail about that. Uh, let's talk. Let's take it step by step. Uh, we know we met in Chicago Thursday night. Uh, yes. We spent the night in, in in Chicago planning to get drunk, which didn't happen, unfortunately. So it never does, does it? It never, it never works out like that. Like when we want to plan, we always get drunk at the wrong times. By the way, when we have like a lot of work the next day or have to get up early the next day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we met in Chicago Thursday night, and then uh, Friday we got up and went to the airport and uh, and uh, took the long flight, sixteen uh, hour flight from uh, from Chicago to Hong Kong. Right? Yeah, sixteen hours. But I tell you what. I mean, you know, they they were nice enough to supply business class, and uh, that that made it tolerable. It made it tolerable. A lot of good food on the airplane. A lot of ball busting again there. And Always. People were asking if we vape. we vaped the entire flight. By the way, Shh, you can't see that. Wow. <laughs> okay, we pretended to vape the entire yeah. <laughs> the entire trip there uh but <laughs> never, you can never prove that i actually pressed <laughs> my button <laughs> that's right that's right that's right stealth vaped of course we weren't volume vaping in the airplane that's uh, right volume vaping but uh but we got we we ended up in in hong kong and then uh you know you and me every time that we travel you always have problems with your luggage Always, it's no. It's, it's not just my luggage, Dimitri. It's problems with everything. It's problems with my ticketing. It's problems with my flight times. It's problems with delays. It's problems with getting the friggin' de-icing truck to the plane. <laughs> the plane. It's just whatever. It is, just if it involves travel with me, it's a headache somehow. Yeah, so I, I think it started out with them running out of uh, ticket paper at the window, remember? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And then Thursday night coming into Chicago, your bags got delayed. Well, they didn't yeah. get delayed, but they put them on the wrong belt. They put them on the wrong belt, <laughs> and they told me, they said, they're there, they're there. I'm like, they're not, they're not. <laughs> so, so like, go ahead, 45 go ahead. minutes later, they're like, I, the computer is showing that they're there. They're right there on, <laughs> on conveyor number eight. And I said, well, you told me to look at conveyor six and seven. <laughs> so, so I had to go you know, down the airport, and sure enough, there's my bags. I text, I text Connie that night, and I was like, guess what? And she's like, Phil has, <laughs> Phil has trouble with the airport. I said, yeah, he does have trouble with the airport. So we get to Hong Kong, and yeah. Paul from Inakin is there with a driver to pick us up. And uh, we load all, all our bags in. By the way, that's when you were first presented with now what's going to be dubbed the infamous golden wow. phone. I have it right here in front of me, all of its golden phone glory. Here, let me shut it down for you. We'll, we'll make it make some noise. It's actually featured in the last video that I just did, too. I don't know how to turn this down. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> and by the way, that's English mode. <laughs> I thought it was a joke, honestly, when they give it to you. But it's actually a working phone with a, with a working Chinese SIM card in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty terrific. And it features like, like a thirty thousand mAh battery. Oh, like we shit. used it the entire Hold week. A minute, I'm turning it off. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, it was like uh, everybody who saw the phone was—they were like, w- w- "What is that?" 
I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like a joke, like a prop or something that they gave you. It just it reminded me of um, you know from Wall Street, the old brick phones that they used to use. That's why I made the comment. I feel like I, I wanted to say lunches for wimps because that's a, that's a famous line out of Wall Street. But that's what it is. It's like styled after an old brick phone, but of course in a lovely, lovely gold plastic tone. Yeah, really uh, we did shoot a couple of skits that that I can't wait for you guys to see with a golden phone. It made it its appearance in a couple of the skits that we shot. That was really really funny. So I'm just teasing a little bit for the videos that's going to put out there. Uh, by the way, that phone, thirty thousand mile battery. We used it the entire week. The battery charge didn't move, didn't blink <laughs> at all. Right? You know what's funny? It's still only down one bar. <laughs> still only. I'm telling you, we got to connect a five ten connector to it. We'll we'll vape for days uh, off of this thing. Shit, that's fantastic. All right, so <laughs> so we get to Hong Kong. They, they pick us up, and and we now we have to cross into China. So we have to go through through the border and custom control. Correct. That's right. So guess, guess what? Guess what happened? <laughs> guess whose bags get pulled? <laughs> we have, between us four, we have probably 13 or 14 pieces of luggage. Yes. The only two pieces of luggage that they pull to the side to scan and open are Phil's. Right. <laughs> you can't and, make this shit up. Really, you can't. Not even not even my bag with all the camera equipment in it. It was the other, it was the other two bags. Like... Oh man! That's and, and the funny thing, or, or the not so funny from my perspective thing, is here I am in the middle of f- communist China, and they they pull my bags and they want to look through them. And where do all my friends go? Where does Dimitri and, and I fucking and, ran? And, <laughs> I'm not gonna get arrested in fucking China. You left me there. I can't believe you left me there. I, I woke up in a jail somewhere. You know. Eating fucking rice and chopsticks. <laughs> you wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. You would laugh. Ha, 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 Somebody had to be on the outside to bail you up, bro. That's all. I was just looking out for you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for looking out. We can always uh, count on you. That was funny. Uh, so we, t- we take a drive. It's about 45 minutes to get into Shenzhen, and we go to the hotel, the Kirin, which is a really nice hotel. Uh, first impressions when we walk in, there's nobody there. No, it, it was like The Shining. It was like. It was scary. It was, but but it's not. It wasn't a first impression. It was the second impression, third impression, <laughs> was, fourth. It impression. was like nobody it was, stayed there in was hotel. ever anybody. It was this <laughs> giant, gorgeous hotel with me, Dimitri, Brandon, and Trent, that and the girl that was at the desk and the bellboy. That's it. <laughs> That's all we saw yeah. every day. That was it. Uh, yeah. We get yeah. to the hotel uh, next day. Of course, we had kind of a free day because it was a Sunday, so we ended up going shopping. And one of the, the, the spots that you wanted to go, and I, by the way, I'm wearing the headphones that we bought there, uh, was, of course, the tech market. Talk a little oh. bit about the tech market because that was pretty amazing to me. I, I love the te- I tell you what, if you are a tech geek, if you like electronics and toys and just you know, computers and tablets, and I mean, they had it all. They had it all and they had tons of it. And you could lose your, you could spend easily spend all day long in that place just looking over stuff, uh, and you know you could buy one or you could buy one million. It didn't matter, you know, because they want to sell. Um, and there was just like floors and floors, and every floor had a little something different, a little something different. Yeah. But what were they like? Twelve, twelve stories, twelve floors. Twelve stories, unbelievable. Anything from raw components, like if you wanted to get. Yeah, you know, wires and connectors, anything that you wanted, anything from all the way up to to seventy inch uh, screen TVs. It was it was unbelievable, unbelievable. The, the, I guess the big question is what what if it was was real? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That that, that is a uh, that is a uh, that was a concern over there because it, it is the land that a lot of these copies come out. It's not just on e-cigs. Anything no, it, from watches, bags, TVs, tablets, computers, phones, everything, everything. 
Beats headphone. Yeah, Beats headphone. <laughs> Beats headphone. As a matter of fact, the Beats headphone. So I bought a, a pair of behind-the-head Beats headphones, uh, and they're like, um, uh, you know, little Bluetooth and everything. They talk on the phone. And I thought, wow, those are really cool. I'm going to buy those. I've never seen those before. So I get back. And I try to look them up online, but they don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> so not only do I have something very unique, but I have something that is clearly a clone. It's a one-off. That's, that's oh, what yeah. I consider. It's a one-off. No, it's not a one-off because I think Trent bought a couple <laughs> pairs. <laughs> There's three of them in the United States right now. Yeah, um, it, so we, we spent the day shopping. Um, uh, we, ha- we experienced our first uh, lunch, I think, there where we went outside to the market where the fish was just you know on the sidewalk, right? Well, no, it was in tanks. On in the side. Tan- <laughs> yeah, in tanks on the sidewalk. Basically, there was fish not in tanks on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, oh, before before I get to the lunch, uh, one thing that I briefly want to bring up is the the negotiation part, which we had to get trained to do. Right, so uh, you became pretty much an expert by the end of the trip. But but talk about how you negotiate to buy something. Well, I mean, you got to understand that I'm used to the whole negotiation process because I've shopped Canal Street in New York City. Okay, okay. same thing. It's the same thing. The only thing is in Canal Street, it's in dollars over there. It's in what? What is it again? I always forget it. It's, it's RBN. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's their currency. Um, but I mean, it's basically you pick out what you want. They they give you a price and you say no. <laughs> That's not the price that I want to pay. Right. You just keep negotiating back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and then if you don't like the price, you say no, and you walk away. And when you start to walk away, that, they tend to go to your price. <laughs> and nobody speaks English, so they have this calculator. So they're holding this yeah. calculator, and they put the price on there, and then right. they show it to you. And then you take the calculator, and you put a different price. That's like, it's not the, 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 the way it's fun. And, and it's the whole a lot time of fun. trying to figure out what the hell the price really is because they're not showing you the American price. They're showing you their price. Right, so right, right. I have my phone now, and I was doing the, the second calculation on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and it took us about two and a half hours to shop for headphones. Phones. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Well, granted, that granted, there's a cute girl on the counter over there too. That had a lot to do with it. But, <laughs> but yeah. we, by the time everybody negotiated, it was like three hours later. <laughs> by the time we got out of there, and we were with uh, we were with Paul and uh, and George from Inican mm-hmm. at that point. Yes, right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, George, who is the most American Chinese guy I, I have ever met in my entire life. By the way, George, George is a great guy, and he's Americanized uh, as as much as a Chinese man can be Americanized. But he's a lot yeah. of fun to hang around too. Like he gets jokes, which is difficult. Uh, as we're going to talk about, it's difficult to to relay jokes, humor the way that we know it in 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 a town like Shenzhen, right? Especially well, I, the bromance. The bromance was like really, really difficult to to translate to the Chinese. Well I think it was the Americans translating that to the <laughs> um to the Chinese. But but what I noticed was they get humor, they don't get sarcastic humor. Right, they don't right. get sarcasm as much as just straight up humor. That eliminates ninety percent of our content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we we had some dinner, uh, of course, at the at the seafood restaurant there. It was actually pretty good. I think all the meals that we had uh, through the entire trip, with exception maybe the fermented beans, uh, <laughs> were 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 actually. Um, I really enjoyed all the food. I, I enjoyed everything. I mean, some of the food. But and by the way, I got to make this comment uh, at this point since we're talking about food, dude. You suck at chopsticks. I do. I do. I'm you horrible. Really su- you were embarrassing to me with your chopstick skills. Okay? If I had to eat with chopsticks, I'd probably lose 50 pounds. Maybe well, I should start I- eating with chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something. The ones that yeah. I could grasp onto, buddy, I, I shoved those down my throat. The ones I could. 
Yeah, I know. I know you. You tried to start off with a few meals, and you were doing yeah. the chopsticks, and then you gave up after a while, and you started asking for a fork all the time. Very embarrassing to me. I, I'm very, sorry. Very, I apologize for that. I will work on my skills for the next trip. I promise you, I will. I will practice. I brought some chopsticks back from China, so I got a couple of good sets here. If I find one that works very well, I'll just bring it with me. Just have it. I'll well, get a little if belt not, clip. I'm buy you the, the the chopsticks with the spring in between them, so that they don't come apart. You know, they're easier to use. They're like chopsticks for <laughs> for dumbasses. You know. <laughs> So uh, so Monday, uh, now we, we made our visit to Inigan. Yes, we did. So first impressions uh, of, of, the, of the factory for you, Phil? Uh, first impressions was bigger than I expected. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, you don't realize how much product, you know, the, 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 the big guys are, the Inigans, the Kangers, the Aspires. You don't realize how much product they're making until you actually go and you see it. Right. Right. And it's just it's just a ton of product. As a matter of fact, and the other thing too was I was impressed with the amount of quality control that was going on there. Um, it, you know, it's it's a lot of product. So yeah, bad. And you know, I've always said, you know, you you get a bad one, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you shouldn't get a bad one. You, you get a bad one, but when you see that, you can at least maybe appreciate a little bit more how you could potentially get a bad one. Kanger, okay. said, Kanger said they put 110,000 sub-tank coils out a day. Aspire said, what, 100, 150,000 Atlantis coil heads a day by and hand. Handmade, and they're all being yeah. handmade. You know, they, they do have some coil wrapping, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the machines that actually make the coils. And you'll see uh, one of those machines uh, in the video. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them do outsource the, the actual coil itself. But but getting the coil into the um, to the head... It's it's all it's all manual. It's all yeah. hand done. Yes, yes. All the stuffing, all the p positioning in the in the cup, everything, sealing it, everything is done by hand down an assembly line. Probably about between fifteen and twenty workers on every assembly line. There's probably about ten of these assembly lines, depending on what uh, how busy they are. And, yeah, and uh, there's really there's two, I noticed there's two kinds of assembly lines. There's like there's a static line where everybody just has like a big bin in front of them and they're working out of the bin. And then there's the uh, the the mobile assembly line, and and it, there's actually a conveyor belt that goes uh, all the way down the assembly line. So that's for like um w w we'll say like making the MVP uh, twenty watt, right? Yeah. Um, you know, every every worker has their own little specific thing that they do, even if it's just putting a single screw in somewhere. That's what they do, and that's what they do all day long. Um, and then you know it goes down a little bit further, and then the next worker takes the device right. and they add to it somehow. But um, my, my impression when we got to Inakin, I'll tell you, I, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I had envisioned how you know the factory is going to be, and you know with assembly lines. I've kind of seen some pictures when God bless Drew when he was around. You know, he would tell yeah. me about his trips to to the Chinese factories and and show us some video. But I envisioned it. Um, a little bit different. I envision like a lot of the raw materials would be made there, and that is not the case. And that wasn't the case for all big three that we visited. Uh, that they are mostly assembly factories, and you know they have the engineers. We went to the engineers' uh, room where they come up with the CAD drawings and everything for the parts. All, most of the parts are outsourced to smaller factories, yeah. and then the parts come in. They pass quality control, which was another tedious task that that, that I want to talk about. And uh, and then they're sent up to the assembly lines, and everything is just kind of put together, right, Phil? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, most of it is all assembly. Like, it's actually very, very similar 
to when I visited ProVape on a much, you know, a much larger scale because ProVape, you know, they have their tubes made over here and they have their boards made over here and then it all comes in, it gets QC'd and then it goes through assembly and that's pretty much what we saw there, only with a whole lot more hands, you know, in the mix. Yeah, around a thousand people I think were working at Inikin the day they were, maybe 1,200? Uh, yeah, I think it was 1,200 for uh, Inikin what it aspires and and that it was more for Kanger and um aspire for aspire and and one of the reasons is and and I think uh a lot of people need to understand that Inokin doesn't really make tanks I mean well they do but they don't make as many tanks as of course Kanger and Aspire which have kind of dominated the market right. so the other two factories have you know a couple you know a floor, a floor dedicated to making coils where Inokin had a very small portion of the factory uh, dedicated to making you know wrapping the coils and 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 assembling the tanks right um one of the really nicest uh pieces of footage that I think that we shot there is you had a great idea of taking the camera and positioning it on the belt uh, as it goes down to the assembly line for the MVP 20 watt. We spent a lot of time on the MVP 20 watt because it was kind of, you know, a device. I think that's something that people uh, would want to see, right? Right. Uh, yeah, that, that it was a cool idea, and the footage came so good. Um, yeah, I can't wait to share that out with, uh, with folks. You know, it's gonna take me. It's gonna take us a while to to sort through all this footage because I got a ton. I know you're still uploading to my server. I've been uh, plugged into your FTP for two days downloading. I love when you're plugged into my <laughs> FTP. Um, I've penetrated your FTP. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to go through. That's why I, I mean, I wanted to keep the keep the video effort going. That's why I started to you know do a review uh, tonight. That'll be up uh, as soon as you stop interrupting me here. Yeah, and mostly you did. <laughs> mostly you did video footage, and I took the steel. So you know, we both had our cameras together to kind of uh, speed things up to make sure that we we cover everything. Uh, yeah. While we're here with with the with the factory, let's talk a little bit about the employees, right? How many times have you heard? Oh, there's twelve year olds in sweatshops in China, and they're wrapping coals and they're working. Uh, that was definitely not the experience that that we had. Not only with the big factories, but even with the small factories. Right. Um, look, is it happening there? Probably. Did we get to see it? No, we didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but what we saw, what we saw with with Inigin, with Kanger, with Aspire, was a minimum age of eighteen to work. Right. Um, and it's interesting the way they do things there. <clears throat> the, the The employees get a salary, but they also get room and board. Right? right. So the factories have coming off of them what they call dorms. And um, they they actually the the workers live there, uh, you know, and they don't have to live there. They can live off uh, off the campus. But um, you know, you have the opportunity to to not only work and get paid, but you also have the opportunity to live uh, and get three uh, meals a day. And every factory that we visited had a dorm right next to it, and that's pretty much the norm, not only there but in Japan and in the other areas that they manufacture uh, to provide somewhere for their employees. Because most of these employees don't. They're not from Shenzhen. Shenzhen is a manufacturing town. Nobody really is from there. It was something that was made up to 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 create manufacturing jobs. Most of these people come from from huts and from dirt floor houses in small villages. So coming into an area like that, I think they translated to roughly around three hundred dollars a month was the pay. Yeah. Oh, I heard anywhere from three hundred to five hundred. Right. Depending on the position, how long you've been working there, and. Uh, uh, and of course, you know the the the, the position that you're going to have in the assembly line because they are scaled up. You know, there's a quality, there's a there's a fa the operator, what they call him, then the quality control, then the supervisor that kind of oversees everything. So, based on what position you're going to be, uh, and also um, when when it comes to the employees, one thing extremely noticeable: how quiet the factory was. Oh my God! It was they, 
you know, it's it's a it's a different mentality over there. I mean, they're they're happy to have the jobs that they have. They they keep their heads down. They keep focused. They keep productivity up. They work and they work and they work and they work. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's impressive. I guess you can call it that. Um, uh, yeah, impressive. No, no Facebook, no phones, no. They're <laughs> really just sitting there doing their job. Well, if, um, you, yeah, if you don't, if you don't know that, um, I mean, first of all, Facebook, Google, YouTube—it's all blocked for them. Okay, so they can't get that even if they did have internet access. But they're not allowed to bring uh, their phones into the uh, to the work areas. Uh, there, some of them weren't allowed to bring their shoes into the work areas. They had like these uh, sandals or slippers on uh, for cleanliness. Um, one thing that oh and nap time nap time we was great about nap time right nap time was great I really need nap time so uh, it, I guess it's after their lunch mm-hmm. they get like a half an hour where they can just all the lights are off and they can take a nap the girls in the office the sales girls were pulling out pillows like little small pillows maybe like uh, the ones that you carry on a plane just setting right. it down on their desk the lights were dim and they yes. just they just took a nap for thirty minutes they did. And what I'm going to do uh, in honor of that, I'm going to implement nap time in all my videos. So uh, for about a half an hour, you'll just see me napping on the, uh, on, on the as if my videos weren't long enough. And now you get to watch me nap for half an hour. <laughs> you should take that idea to your boss, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that'll, that'll def- definitely work. That'll work. Um, you know, another thing that I really like, too, and I, and I found impressive and I didn't expect to see were um, the photographs of, like, um, employee events, yeah. like uh, employee picnics and employee parties. And they even had a uh, – one uh, at Inigan, they had a uh, Christmas party, and I've got some of those photos to share, um, where they actually do stuff for their employees. They had, like, karaoke, and Paul was singing, and George had a Santa hat on. It was it was, it was was pretty impressive, I'll be honest with you. And, and from yeah, what we it, saw, especially it, with the girls in the offices, is – it was just like a general family type feel. It, it was it more but the girls in the office more so than the the, the right. assembly line. The sure. assembly line, they're just you know they're worker bees there. Um, but it, but it was nice to see that they actually do stuff for for and with their employees. And you know a lot of people don't understand like the Chinese New Year and what happens going up to the Chinese New Year, during the Chinese New Year, and after the Chinese New Year. Uh, and you know we talked to George about that. Um, going up to the Chinese New Year, you get kind of like, um, uh, what do you call it? Short timer syndrome, we call it around here. You know, like when you're coming up to a vacation and you're really excited about it and right. you're not focused on your job, right? So that happens coming up to the Chinese New Year. Now Chinese New Year hits and, and the world shuts down there. Yeah. Right? Uh, and a lot of these workers, they go back home. Right. Well, they've worked. They've worked. They've raised some money. They've saved some money. And now they go back to their villages. Right. So, so you've got like you've got productivity issues coming up to Chinese New Year. You have no productivity during Chinese New Year. Now, when Chinese New Year is over, there's a percentage of your employees that don't come back, right? right. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, in talking with them, they treat their employees so well is so that they make it a good place uh, for them to work, a welcoming place for them to work, and a place that they want to go back to work to. Right. Uh, so, I mean, if if you as a as a uh, a vendor out there have a lot of issues around Chinese New Year, um, this is why. 
you know, because of uh, of the issues before, the issues during, and then the issues after, where they lose a percentage of their employees, they need to get those employees back, or they need to hire new employees. They got to ramp those employees back up and get them trained again. So these are the issues that are going on behind the scenes that you know we as Americans may not be familiar with. And that's generally where the quality control issues might happen, because after they come back, if they don't have enough employees, they have to restaff and they have to retrain them. So there might be a period of you know two three weeks where the quality control might come down in a factory. I mean, it just makes total sense if they lose ten twenty percent of their workforce, having to retrain that twenty percent of the workforce. That's a lot. I mean, that's two hundred employees. Yeah, yeah. Um, going through Inican, of course, uh, we we did shoot a nice interview there with with the owner and the VP and Paul and and the head engineer. Uh, which was, uh, you know, it, it, I think you're going to have to trim down. We, we did spend a lot of time with him. But we also got to get our hands on the much-anticipated-by-now MVP3. Your thoughts on that? The prototype. The prototype. prototype. Yes, yes. Right? Uh, yeah, so it's not the final uh, uh, edition. Well, you know, it's a it's a large box um, uh, with, with, with corners. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's, uh, it's got a spring-loaded 510. Um, it's got, uh, you know, it's totally adjustable. Um, we'll got fire a down battery. to point four. What's that? We'll fire down to point four. Down to point four. It's got a a really big battery in it. This yes. is going to last you probably a couple of days before um, uh, you're going to have to charge it. The one thing that I really liked about it, uh, and it's the one thing I, I've been saying in the reviews since the MVP came out, because you know the MVP had the ability to charge your devices off of it. Yeah. Right. And I always said, you know, it, that's a great thing to have until you don't have a cable with you, mm-hmm. right? This one has a flexible cable that's kind of built in, and I think done really well yeah. on the bottom of it. So you can pull this cable out, and it's got a micro uh, USB uh, adapter on it, and you can go ahead and charge your electronic devices. Now, I know it's for some people you know, who have iPhones that that's not going to help. Maybe you can get an adapter. But uh, in talking with them, they were thinking about uh, having an iPhone port too. But there were some licensing issues. I yeah. think he said yeah, yeah. Uh, about using the uh, the iPhone port. But I mean that cable's there now, so you know in a pinch uh, you can you can charge your device off of it. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a good piece. I think it needs a little bit of work, uh, and I know um, they're addressing some of the some of the concerns that not only we had but the uh, the community as well. It, it was. It, I was impressed with the piece. Uh, I think it's a little bit big, but obviously with the battery life, I think it's forty percent more battery life than the MVP two has. Right. Uh, that is to be expected. But I think it's going to do well on the market. I think people that have, you know, the MVP was kind of a staple. I think before the iState came around, it was just something that we always suggested to people to move up to. So it's uh, it's got a familiar name in the market. So I think it's going. I think I think that product's going to do very very well for them, and they need it. They really need this product to, to be launched because, you know, the last five, six months, especially with the introduction of the 20-watt, which kind of threw a lot of the consumers um, uh, off because they were expecting the new MVP, and, and it wasn't. Uh, I think basically, you know, for, for me, it was, it was a big marketing mistake doing that. But I think that they really need this to come in to, to raise the Anakin stock. Yeah, I, I think they blew it with the MVP yeah. 20-watt, to be honest with you. You know, like I, I said in the video, it just felt to me like, they had a lot of MVP boxes and parts around, and and well, you know, here's a way to maybe move some more. Uh, but but you're right. I, I think it created a whole lot of confusion out there, uh, and hopefully this will do uh, this will do well for them. Uh, it is a 30 watt device. It does fire down to 0.5. It's got a ton of battery life. Um, it seems to be you know rock solid. I like the design. I like the looks of it. 
Um, they're 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 doing some some tweaks to the prototype. I know uh, you've got uh, some coming in. I know I got mm-hmm. some coming in for review and for prizes. And you know, well, be truthful and honest, like I always am yeah. uh, with the devices, yeah. and uh, you know, let the community decide uh, if it's something they like or not. One thing that I've noticed with with Inakin uh, the last five six months, and I think Paul has a lot to do with it, is interaction with the community. Uh, not only have they been very generous, uh, you know, with the the advocacy session that they sponsored here, and they're doing it again in Tampa, uh, they give out a lot of product to you know for giveaways and and prizes. But Paul has done a great job interacting with the community and and being involved in Facebook and in Reddit and on Twitter and interacting and seeing what the people want. And I think that's extremely important. Uh, for vendors here, obviously in the United States, but also for Chinese manufacturers, you got to have that connection with your customer base. Yeah, and I think they have probably one of the the, the better social media presences uh, sure. out there uh, as far as these companies go. You know, like you said, uh, Paul's done a pretty fantastic job. Uh, Paul's a fun guy too, and if you don't know who Paul is, he's the guy with the hair. Yeah, the hair. You can't miss him. <laughs> you can't miss Paul with the hair. You can't. Uh, one of the things that Inakin, Inakin wasn't so much of a show as Kanger and, and, and Egate were as far as, you know, doing the whole dress down and going through the air tunes, which, which you know, let's be honest, that probably doesn't happen on a daily basis, Phil. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, I've heard the stories where, where you know they're they're all dressed up for visitors, and then when you know when the visitors aren't there, they're just you know in in you know t-shirts and jeans and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I even heard I heard something from uh, from Brandon at at one of the battery manufacturers. He went through the uh, the air chamber, and the air chamber is just like a it's like a big um, room that blows the dust off of you, right? right, right. Uh, and he's in the air chamber uh, getting the dust blown off of him, and somebody bypasses the air chamber, walks right into the. <laughs> to the assembly area, and the manager pulled him back and said, "No, no, no, no." You gotta go to the so yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's there's a little bit of a dog and a pony show going on for us there too as well. Sure, sure. It, but as much as of a dog and pony show, and, and we talked about this, me and you, we did while we were in China. As much as of, of a dog and pony show that they might have put on for us, it's extremely difficult to coordinate 1,500 people to to put on that show. So a lot of it is a lot of it is, is the same after we leave. Uh, I think they just put, you know, uh, some nice condiments on it <laughs> to make it, you know, appear that's you know, the final product uh, to present yeah. it to us, right? Yeah, I think the cake is being made the same way, but yeah. there's a little bit more icing on it. Yeah, the cake. there you go. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, Monday night, we went out to, after we got done with the tour, we went out to, uh, we went out to this club, which was down the street from the hotel. We actually walked there with uh, with Brian. Brian was there as well, too. He he made the special trip to be with us. Uh, Brian is the owner of Vapage. And H two O six, and I really enjoyed meeting with him. I really enjoyed hanging with him. He was a lot of fun. Uh, but this club that we went to, as soon as we walked in, um, this guy just ran up to us and started hugging us, and he, they'd love to high five for some reason, which is kind of odd because most of them couldn't reach you. <laughs> but everybody wanted to, everybody wanted to high five, and it was the owner of the club. Uh, and immediately, as soon as we sat down, shots right. Yeah, we should like, and oh, and by the way, they don't drink beer like we do. No, they don't. They do shots of beer. Shots of beer, right? Shots of beer. They drink I, so much that I think it makes sense for them to drink beer. Because if they were drinking whiskey the way that they were drinking beer, everybody would be passed out you know, by midnight. <laughs> they, they definitely know how to party and drink, without a doubt. They without do. a doubt. For yeah, little, that club for was. People, I mean, yeah. that club was cool. I mean, it, it was. It was on a week. What, what night was that? That wasn't uh, it was a, a weekend. Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, some... it wasn't pumping like it would be on on a weekend. Right, but right. there were some people there. The music was really good. You know, like upbeat house and techno stuff. Um, but the drinks just kept coming. Yeah, yeah, nonstop. And, and, I mean, I, 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 and I offered to pay the owner. I don't know what 
he I, he I guess he just liked American clientele. Yes, I guess. Yes. I mean, what what else could it possibly have been? Because I mean, I'm I'm trying to pay the guy, and and his manager is standing there right next to me saying, "No, he won't accept right, your money. Right, no, right. he won't accept your money." Like, I wish that would happen to Bart here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I thought maybe he recognized you as P. Bussardo, but no, it's just like, you know, foreigners there are rare, especially in Shenzhen. So, you know, Shenzhen is not a tourist town. It's strictly business. Yeah, so, and I noticed, that. I noticed that, especially when we went back to Hong Kong. When we were in Hong Kong, we were one of the Americans. When we right, were in right, Shenzhen, right. we were the Americans, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. So, um, Tuesday was the big event, the conference thing, and... and um, we, we really got to talk about this because it started off for uh, basically us talking to uh, a few of the Sevilla members. Yes, and, that's how uh, it started. That's how it started. And, uh, yeah. and and this talk started probably about a couple months ago when we were planning the trip. And uh, and what uh, what James wanted to do from Inikin was to inform the the Sevilla members of the, of the current state of affairs in, in the EU and the U.S. as far as the FDA and the WHO is concerned and, and how the regulations are proceeding. So, you know, I'm an expert on that. I mean, I follow it closely. I have all the information. So I was pretty confident about, you know, sitting down, you know, in a conference room and, and talking to them. But <laughs> but as days progressed and every day something different would happen, uh, this turned out to be a huge event, Phil. You know, it's funny because and 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 I don't know if George knew he was doing it or if if if, we, if he was being comical. But the first time you talked to him, it's like, yeah, we got about thirty, uh, you know, manufacturers showing up. Right. And then he would slip in, you know, yeah, we got about you know fifty manufacturers showing up. Like, wait a second, <laughs> I thought you just sat there. And then the next day it was like, oh yeah, we got about seventy manufacturers showing up. What? <laughs> like he wasn't like just slipping it in. It oh yeah, crazy. well we got about seventy manufacturers. Oh, and by the way, uh, TV and newspapers going to be there. Three t- <laughs> three TV stations. Two radio stations and two newspapers. Like, what the hell is going on over here? Now I'm start. Now I'm starting to get. Now I'm starting to get nervous. A little bit. Ner- I mean, I, you, you, how can you not be nervous in a setting where you know you're sitting in a room, half the people don't don't know what you're talking about. I mean, they're just giving you a blank stare. Uh, right. But also, I, it was it was a good opportunity to uh, you know I took advantage of the the fact that and and you did as well too. Is it's a very rare to have so many competitors in the same room. Yeah, it was it was so cool seeing Inikin sitting right next to Kanger, sitting right next to Aspire. Right, right, right. Fighting for the same cause, fighting for you know the, that we continue to vape the way we're vaping. Uh, look, hey, they want to make money, right? And the sure. only way they're going to make money is if you know we continue to vape the way we're vaping. Sure, sure. I want to keep vaping. I want to help people who, who who you know get people off off of cigarettes. And this stuff is successful. This stuff is what works. Um, so it was nice to have them there for that common goal. If uh, if if um, <laughs> if I take anything from that conference, and we're going to talk a little bit more about detail about our presentations, but if I take anything about that conference is that I think at the end of the day, we were able to accomplish a couple of, of very powerful things. Number one, let everybody know what the world thinks about e-cig manufacturing. And, and the, the general consensus is that there's no quality control, the products are not untested, everything's just sent out, you know, mass production and so forth and so forth. And I think that the, the fear was in their eyes when I made that presentation. And also, I, I think that they realized that they're flooding the market with product, and that's something that you touched on. So let's take it step by step. Talk about what you spoke during your presentation. Um, well, I said, hey, folks, Pete Bissardo, and I got a <laughs> laugh out of that, so that was a good that thing. Was good, right? that was um, good. I think the overall, uh, what I talked to them about was just to slow down. Um, look, people love new products, and, and I'm not saying there's anything bad about new products. What I don't like 
is that this stuff is being rushed to market without like proper testing, um, you know, focus groups, things like that. Uh, because when I see a version one come out one week and then a version two come out the second week and then a version three come out the third week, that I consider a problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's confusing people out there. It's pissing people off because they're buying the version one and the, 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 the very next week there's a version two. Um, you know, just slow down. Do, pr do proper testing. Uh, the other thing that I talked about, <laughs> the, um, the English uh, in, in yeah. some of the manuals, uh, you know, just kind of, I, I still contend that, they have a a a a a wealth of 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 people that would be more than willing, more than willing to review and edit their manuals for just like simple product, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's something that can easily be tapped into, and it would make for a much more uh, professional presentation of what it is, you know, they're packaging. I think the but, the timing and the in the language barrier and you know how you know the, what time it is there versus what time it is here is a, is a huge obstacle to overcome as well too. I think that's why Nikon has a little bit of the edge because they did hire an English speaking person on staff constantly right. that lives in Shenzhen. Right, right, without a doubt. Yeah, Paul Paul's a valuable uh, player over yeah. there. So uh, d during your presentation, what I noticed is uh, as people were listening to you is. You know the power that that you have as a reviewer. I mean, you you've been reviewing these these products for them. You know, for for the you know not only them, but for the last three years, three and a half years, you've definitely brought a lot of business to them as well too. But I could tell that they were you know people were hanging you know by by, by the words that were coming out of your mouth. It was it was really really interesting to see that. It was really interesting to see. It was interesting to to hear them laugh at the humor even before. The, um, the, the 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 translations were made, so there were definitely some English speakers there. Um, but what I was happiest about is that when when I, I talked about the concept of slowing down and proper testing and putting out a good quality product on the first revision as opposed to the third revision was the applause. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I was, mean, they they, they, they agreed with it. Yeah. Um, moving along then, I, I had a, a presentation set up, which, you know, I, I was, I was, I was pretty upset because a lot of people didn't understand what, uh, it's back, back here in the States, what I'm, what I'm trying to do with this, with this presentation. I've kind of put some slides up on Demisphere, uh, just a little summary of what I've talked about. And, um, to, to me, the, the way that I saw it feel, and, and, and I, I kind of, you know, consulted with you before I did this is I have one chance. Right, I have this one chance now with all these people being in this room. I'm just going to hit him with it. Right. <laughs> you know, well, I'm just going to hit it with him and fuck it. You know, that's all I got to do. You definitely hit him with it. I did. I did. It was a long presentation, but but I think it was very very vital for them to see. You know, the threats that we have here, and and to me, my biggest goal is to to save open vapor. Um, you know, all you volume vapors out there, I was fighting for you. As much as I, you know, I'm against cloud chasing in public areas and stuff like that, I was fighting for the open vapor. So I start off my presentation by by uh, informing them what the threats are and what we're being, uh, you know, chastised in, in the media by, F you know, the FDA and, of course, the WHO in, in the EU. And, of course, the four main things were the flavors, the nicotine delivery, how efficient it is. The safety of the materials that they're using, and of course, uh, how uh, how effective is is vaping to to assist people and to quit smoking, um, and, and all these all these reasons that were being attacked stem from the biggest thing, in my opinion, is the lack of scientific studies, and, and right. the lack of scientific studies by the manufacturers themselves, which is something very unique to China because they don't do it, <laughs> they they just they just don't do it. Uh, every every one of these companies that we went to had an engineering department and, and a quality control testing department. We saw it. Is it being used all the time? Probably not. But they do have a lot of people on staff 
that are qualified to you know choose materials and how they're going to come up with ideas and what they're going to put in their atomizers. But that's yeah. not enough. You know, that's not enough. Uh, I did get uh, some strange look by the Sigalike manufacturers there <laughs> uh, when I started talking about what our vapor is using. And I, and, I, and I used the Dr. Fasadino's studies as an example, showing that, you know, over 90% of the market is using open vapor product. The Sigalike is dead as far as something that people are going to use on a daily basis to stay off cigarettes. And I also tried to show them some slides uh, of, you know, different media attacks. I had some American media attacks inside there and some of the studies. And I also had the slides, which, again, took took uh, took some weird looks because one of the slides had the Joytech people, which did not attend the conference. I have to stress this uh, for, for the people here in the United States to understand. Out of the 70 manufacturers, Joytech did not participate in this conference. And, and one of the slides uh, had, of course, the Joytech people kind of blowing vapor and the, the title of it's really bad, like, all these products coming from China, they're untested, uh, they're unproven, you know, there's no quality control. I wish they were there to see that because it's, it's vital for them to understand what um, people here think about their products. Right. Uh, moving along, I talked, I talked about the big tobacco threat. Uh, threat, of course, the FDA deeming comments by, by the RGR Reynolds company was, was extremely valuable for them. It's something that they, that they really took in consideration. Uh, of course, the logic comments, I kind of threw that in there. I, you know, I had the chance. I was like, fuck it. You know, I'm just gonna, I was gonna, I'm gonna put it in there. Uh, I'm sure the logic, you know, whoever brands logic for them was, was there as well, too. Um, yeah, and, and, after presenting everything that was there and after giving – I think by the end, I think people were a little bit tired, but I think they understood what I'm trying to do. I raised a bottle of juice up, and I raised up uh, the pink uh, MVP with an Aspire tank on it, and I basically told them that your product here from the top to – from the drip tip to the tank to the battery uh, is useless uh, without this, and I showed them the bottle of juice. Those two industries really – have to work together. They have to be unified. They have to come into one because one does not work with the other. It's like having a Ferrari without no gas. It just doesn't work, Phil. Right. right. So, so I think that they got it. I think that they understood it. Uh, we we were we were able to sit the, after the the conference was finished. We got kind of pulled out and we we gave uh, some interviews for the uh, being on Chinese television was pretty odd. I'll tell you that right now because I saw the clip afterwards. I couldn't understand nothing uh, of what happened. Uh, let's but, be honest. Uh, let's be honest, Dimitri. Uh, you gave the interview. You microphone hog. <laughs> Well, they were asking the questions that were clearly directed to me, uh, but but part of my, my my response to the interview was also to help China understand that e-cigs are less harmful because China suffers. I mean, they have you know, in Shenzhen, they have alone they have thirty million smokers. You don't see anybody vaping in the streets. No, nobody. I don't think we saw anybody. Um, they uh, they have a whole lot of. I mean, it's a huge market there. If they could if they could tap it, um, they have a whole lot of smokers. They have a whole lot of problems with cancer. Uh, and, and and it's funny because uh, you know a lot of them uh, focus on health. You know, they they wear those masks and everything. Um, uh, but I think the biggest problem, the biggest obstacle uh, that they're going to face there is the fact that you can get a pack of cigarettes for fifty cents. Yeah, it's extremely cheap. Yeah, but they have high rates of cancer as well too. So what I try to get across in the interview is that listen, this could benefit public health in China, uh, especially in a country that takes health so seriously. So. You know, th- hopefully that message got across, and and I know Sesmall, which is a, an organization there that's geared. You know, they're having a big uh, conference in April, a big expo, big vape expo in China, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and they're trying to change the public perception. Of course, trying to help the the authorities there um, not mislead their citizens. Uh, and afterwards, we had a Q and A session. Uh, we went back into the room. All the manufacturers came and sat down, um, and that was pretty interesting. Feel. 
uh, a lot of the questions were marketing and product questions. I mean, basically, yeah. they were looking to you for, for product consultation. Um, talk a little bit about your experience on the Q&A. Well, I mean, a lot of it was, okay, you know, I have this. What would make it better? And I have this. And, you know, how, how could this be better? Um, there, were, there was a lot of that. Um, a question that I got a lot in there and, and out of the other uh, room was what you just said is how can we get more Chinese people to vape? How do we, how do we market this to our own people? How do we, you know, make uh, our own people healthier, you know, w- with these devices? Um, but, yeah. I mean, that, for the for the most part, that was it. But there was a lot of a lot of marketing uh, questions that that kind of went your way too, um, mostly about how they're just flooding um, the market with, with with products. The biggest problem that I think uh, that China has is distribution, Phil. Yeah, uh, it's something that I try to bring up multiple times, and uh, and it was it was fought a little bit with resistance, uh, simply because they've been doing it that way for so long. That's how but, they do things. If you're able, if anybody is able to pick up the phone and, and call Inican and place an order for 50 uh, tanks, it it cheapens the product. It, yeah. it, it They really have to to be able to go through distribution networks for a couple of reasons. Number one, to maintain you know the, the quality of their product, make sure that it's going through authorized dealers, to avoid clones and copycats because they're they're battling that there as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a fact there's a factory two blocks down from Inican that is making MVPs. Uh, and and they're not they're not Inikins MVPs. If you don't have a distribution network set up, how are you going to be able to be able to track uh, the authenticity of your product? Um, so distribution was brought up a lot. By the way, I need to thank Alex from E6 Supply uh, in in San Diego, California. I think he's in San Diego uh, because he was our translator through the entire event and a great guy. I had a lot of fun hanging out with him and drinking. Oh with yeah, him. he was cool and he yeah. did a really good job. He was uh, much better at translating me than he was you though because you just <laughs> ran on and on and on and on. He did. T- he t- he definitely just slowed down a couple of times. I was but- very clear and concise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! When I get into the groove, you know it's very, very hard to stop. Yeah. Uh, the the Q and A session lasted, I think, about a couple hours, mm-hmm. um, but but it was really good. It was very productive. Um, one of the things that I do want to announce, uh, you know, after after the presentation, I stressed scientific studies. I think that uh, my goal here is, and my plan is, to be able to. Um, bring the refillable industry in the United States along with the Chinese manufacturers together uh, to be able to fund some scientific studies out there that are going to support this product. We have to be able to show that the open vapor, mo- uh, open vapor product is, is better, it's cleaner, it's more efficient, it delivers nicotine more consistently, and it's actually safer than the closed vapor product. Uh, I did show a, a slide of a cartomizer that was used at the 2009 FDA uh, testing that was done that was black inside. So, you know, that kind of took them back for, for a little surprise. But uh, I think that they understand that. And the first steps have been, you know, kind of set in stone now. Uh, I, the first study, there is going to be a study that's going to come out of China now that the Chinese manufacturers alone are going to fund. Uh, this is something that we'll be. We're, it's it's in the works. I will make a big announcement when when it all comes to fruition. But if anything, feel that we should be proud of uh, is being able to take that first step for for the Chinese manufacturer. Because we always hear um, how many times have you heard it uh, from vendors and vapors alike? Uh, what is China doing? China's not doing nothing, right? I mean, how many times have you heard it, Phil? Yeah. Well, guess what? China's doing something now. Yes. yes. Um, and you know, we we talk about the studies, but we also need to talk about. 
how important it is for these studies to be done by people who understand vaping. Right. Okay? Because, I mean, just think about it. Think about you take, um, uh, I don't know, a cardamizer, and you sit it on top of a God 180, and you push the button. Okay? Is that going to produce bad stuff? You fucking bet it's going to. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you don't have somebody who's doing these studies who understands vaping and how people vape, then we're in a whole lot of trouble. Right. Uh, I also presented, uh, gave uh, information on Zach Laguze and Farsalinos and Pelosa and uh, and Siegel, all these these e-cig researchers that are out there that were able to assist and, and get some of this stuff done. Because it's important for them to know that not only do, do they have to fund these studies, but they have to fund it collectively. We can't have one company do this. We can't have just and do this. Same thing happened here with RJR. They did the vapor study, which was a great study. But it's RJR funding it. So it's never going to be valid. Nobody's going to look at this study and say, well, you know, Big Tobacco did a study. Uh, one company did a study. We're going to take it seriously. But if you have, you know, Collectively, all of them coming together, funding these studies for their products that they're putting out there, I think it's going to be more valid. Of course, it's going to be peer-reviewed and published. and something right. that I'll be able to use as a marketing tool as well, saying that, hey, listen, we were able to you know, start this, this, this ball rolling. Uh, here's our first study, and we're planning on doing more. I would like to see the first study being done by the Chinese manufacturers alone to set the precedence and say, hey, listen, we're taking the right steps. And then what I want to see is the refillable industry in the United States in the United States come together with the Chinese manufacturers because their products work uh, in unity. You can't have one without the other and have them come combined and do the studies between the e-liquids and, of course, the atomizers and the devices that we're using out of China. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. And and, um, overall, I think the conference was a huge success. Um, a lot of great comments afterwards from from the people that attended. Of course, a lot of photo opportunities for some of these people as well too, which got a little bit annoying there towards the end because everybody <laughs> wanted to kind of promote their products. They always take a picture, you know, with feel. They were making us hold up signs and stuff like that. But whatever. I got to stop holding up those signs without without <laughs> like at least understand. What, I mean, I could be holding up a sign that says "I love big tobacco." For I got to stop doing that. I'm telling you. Yeah, we have to. You know, I have to give you props. I have to give you props. And uh, and you know, we, we always. Uh, I, I personally have always said, you know, how objectively and honestly you look at a product. Um, I want you to tell people your experience. And this was public. This was not in a closed room. We were sitting in the conference room when this lady came and handed you a stick battery uh, and told you to try it right there on the spot. Uh, t- tell me tell me exactly what, what it was and what exactly you told her. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean – Somebody came up to me and said, "Would you please meet this lady? She's, you know, she's a, she's a, you know, she watches your videos. She respects your opinion. Uh, she has this stick battery, and she wants you to try it." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you know, let let's try it." Because I mean, I, you know, I know what you said about, um, you know, stick batteries, and I know what you said about um, cigalikes. Uh, but you also made the comment, and I made the comment too, that there's still a place for them. Sure, absolutely, okay? yeah. You know, there's still a place for them. I still think that. They have the potential to get people excited about vaping and get, get people off of traditional tobacco cigarettes and l- at least lead them to, to where we are now right. with these much more satisfying products. I also, I also said that I don't want it to be the only option, though. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, none of us want it to be right. the only option. Um, so, yeah, it was. it had like herbs in it and stuff, and it was supposed to soothe your sore throat. Yeah, and, yeah. So I tried it, and my response was, I said, you know, I said, I'm totally honest with every, you know, thing that I look at, and I said, this would 
this will never work to get somebody off of traditional tobacco cigarettes. It was a completely unsatisfying vape. There was um, there was no throat hit that there at all. The flavor was really really funky. I wasn't happy with the fact that they had additives in there in in addition to the you know the the, the simple uh, ingredients that 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 should be in e liquids. So yeah, I I. I Told her exactly. And she was making therapeutic claims. I, I kind of felt bad, but I mean, I you know, I have to. I, I'm mentioning it because I, I I really respect what you did because right there on the spot, you told her that you know this product is not going to work. And then of course I chimed in and I said, "This are making therapeutic claims, and it's going to be filed under pharmaceutical. There's no way that's going to be accepted under tobacco anyway. So why are you wasting your time with this product?" And so I think I think poor girl went back home and started crying after, after her experience yeah, with you. You I made guess. a Chinese girl cry. cry feels yeah, what I'm I, trying to say. I, you know, it's it, just like with the reviews, man. It's you know, it's never my intention to to make anybody hurt or upset. It is my intention to give you my honest and, and truthful opinion on a product. That bottom line, right? So it's, uh, it's not personal. It's nothing. It's no, it's def- never definitely personal. not personal. Definitely not personal. So um, uh, the next day, we visited uh, Kanger. Yes, uh, and I'm uh, pretty excited about that. They actually have two factories that have a, you know, a new facility that they have started production on and of course we visited both of them uh really really interesting i was i was pretty amazed by the setup there at Kangerfield. yeah um kanger was um a, a little bit more uh how, how do you want to call it professional over over in again uh, yeah i think it was a little bit more corporate structured from yeah, top yeah, to I bottom yeah all so, thanks to one guy mr uh, excitement yeah, mr excitement <laughs> lucan boy he's uh yeah. he's a pep yeah. isn't he yeah. Um, you know, they at 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 the Kanger shops, they they all had their little white coats on, and they had their 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 masks on their face, and they had their hats. You know, at Kanger, we had to put the little booties on. Right. Uh, and again, probably a lot of lot of dog and pony going on there, right? But uh, right. but it is what we had to do. So we put our little booties on, and we put our hat on. Um, you broke the booty machine, didn't you? No, I almost did. I almost did. <laughs> I, I'm surprised my foot fit in it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, there there are smaller feet there yeah, in China. Um, smaller everything. Their right, idea of a double extra large is really, uh, really uh, interesting. Okay, couldn't, couldn't get my leg on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the, the Kanger facility was really impressive. I mean, we walked into a couple rooms and it just looked like uh, just assembly worker people, just as far as far as the eye could see in all directions. And a lot of pink. A lot of pink. Yes, a pink, lot of pink in Kanger. And it turns out that pink in this case is is a, is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the workers who were wearing pink uh, were all uh, involved in quality control, right? Yeah. So in some of the uh, in some of the factories we saw, they had bands on their arms that mm-hmm. uh, that indicated either they were a, like a line supervisor yeah. or a uh, a line quality control person. Uh, but that at Kanger, if they were wearing pink, um, not only were they very attractive to uh, to Dimitri, but they were also uh, involved with quality control. Uh, you know, Lucan, um, and of course nobody here will know him. I, I keep bringing that name up. Lucan used to work for uh, a big manufacturer in Japan for 20 years. They, they, I think he told us they, they did vacuum cleaners and they did parts for, for, for washing machines. Uh, he brought that experience. Danny hired him uh, to come into the factory and set a tone of productivity. Uh, and we noticed that walking across the factories, he had all these posters up, uh, teamwork, um, it, it's impossible. It's possible. I'm going to make it possible. Uh, and you know, safety. I mean, all these little posters around, which yes. it was, it was. I was shocked to be honest with you to see that. And you could tell in, in you know, when, when he was walking. By the way, 
uh, quickest tour ever of a factory, right? I mean, he was nonstop. He's like, okay, let's go, move it on. And he just, I mean, he wanted to show us everything, and you could tell the passion that he had and, you know, how hyper he was. He was one of these guys that wants to get shit done. You know, I always said I, I'm amazed at how fast China moves when it comes to product, when it comes to product revisions, changes, um, new products. I've always been amazed. You know, meet Lucan, and you'll totally understand. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was he was amazing, and he spoke uh, very good English. And Chung, the engineer, the head engineer, uh, that that kind of you know walked us around, um, and seeing that form of manufacturing in China to me was. You know, one of the things that I'm going to take back uh, at Kangor specifically, uh, how structured they were, how everything came in, how everything was documented. They had these screens up um, that that documented the progress of the product. Uh, by the time it comes in, from the raw material that comes in all the way to the final product of the packaging, um, walking inside, of course, going seeing the coal machines, I think was was pretty impressive as well. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you said you wanted one for Christmas. Well, yes. don't hold your breath, okay? $60,000. Let's make it happen, Phil. <laughs> yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, so it's just a machine dedicated to, to wrapping coils, and that's what it does all day long. Uh, I, I, I forgot how many. Do you remember how many it puts out a day, each each machine? I think he said 120,000 coils per machine, and there were, there were probably a dozen machines inside there when we went, and I think about yeah. eight of them were running. Right. Of course, you're going to see that in the video. You'll see the machines in operation. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, really, really impressive there. And uh, and also with uh, with the final products there with with Kanger again, we saw this quality control. Uh, th- we went into a room. This happened to all three factories, by the way. But we went into a room where there's like five or six guys vaping. <laughs> and 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 I know you've kind of felt bad about it. Like this is like their job is uh, they had these thirty watt devices and they were taking the coils and they were trying them out at twenty three watts, at twenty seven watts, and at thirty watts. And they were marking if they taste burnt. So basically, yeah. they were vaping like a PG VG no nicotine mixture, um, and I actually sat down and did a cloud contest, <laughs> a cloud competition with one of the guys. <laughs> you probably say, "What the hell is this guy doing over there?" But it was yeah, pretty funny. I, I, I did. I, I felt a little bit bad for those guys. You know, whether or not that happens all the time, um, I just, I just don't. You know, it, it was kind of like they, I felt like they were like lab rats. You yeah, know, in yeah, a way, yeah. just they're vaping all day long. Um, but yeah, that, that at least when we were there, that was their job. You know, we 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 joke about you know like who are the professional vapors? Well, th- there they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what these guys do all, all day long. All day long, all day long. They sit there and they vape and they try the um, you know they try the uh, the, the coils to give them quality control. Now again, yeah. is this something that happens every day? I don't know. Uh, that's what we saw right. during our trip, though. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of other uh, testing areas. Like at Kanger, we saw the um, they had the uh, the drop and bend uh, area. They had the uh, the drilling area where they take a sample of the uh, the batteries for their uh, their devices and they actually drill holes into them uh, to make sure that they don't catch on fire. And we we've got that captured on. I saw video. that video. By the way, it's one of the one of the things that that we downloaded. I, I saw that video uh, on the laptop today. Again, it was really interesting seeing the cameras uh, go in there and show exactly the drill coming down the battery. So some of yeah. that stuff that you wouldn't ever think uh, that happens, you know, in a factory like that, but they, they do. And uh, and again, like I said, do they happen every day? Probably not. But I'm sure that these this equipment gets used. I'm sure it doesn't just sit in that room and uh, and wait for you know for a foreigner to come in to crank everything up and get employees inside there and make it look like it's been working all the time. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's probably used when it's needed to be used. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else did we see? We saw the um, the battery charge discharge testing. 
We saw the um, the automated um, uh, puff machines. We yeah. saw the automated um, machines that tested uh, the cutoffs on devices. We saw that shaker machine that that I need to buy just for fun. Yes, that shaker machine was a lot of fun. Oh, and we saw my, my one of my favorite machines, uh, the machine that tested the uh, the finish on the device that just kind of just gently rubbed it. Back that was and fantastic. Over and over and over. <laughs> that was great. That was mesmerizing. It really was. I could just watch that for hours. So yeah, I mean, they 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 certainly do have the testing facilities, and and you're right. I mean, it's something that impressed me too. Everything. It's it's not like. It's not what I expected, man. It's yeah. it's not like this product is just slocked together and and sent out. It's all documented every step of the way. It's quality controlled every step of the way. Yeah. It's packaged, you know. I mean, it's it's all everything seems to be done the right way. It does. Okay? It does. But, you know, you, you talk about bad ones. Well, you know, when when you're putting out 120,000 a day, uh <laughs> it's bound to happen. I, I, guess, I guess I have more tolerance for a bad one now. And also there's a lot of clones on the market of their own products as well, too. We have to take that into consideration. A lot of the vendors, especially some of the new vendors that are just opening up shops now that haven't been in the community long enough, you know, they get on Skype. They place an order with this person that's halfway around the world. They don't really know where they're placing the order, where the product's coming from. Uh, there's a lot of trading companies out there. Uh, trading companies are the biggest customers for the Chinese manufacturers because they turn around and place a million and a half uh, dollar order. They get the product in with with a low MOQ price and they turn around and resell. All they're making is a dollar or two dollars per product, but they're moving so much product that they don't care. So it's easy for them to go to a clone factory and pick up you know a bunch of coils and turn around and sell them to somebody that doesn't know what they're getting, and then you get the quality of these coils and it's not what you expect. Right? Is so, it? Are, do you have a bad Kanger coil, or do you have a bad Kanger coil clone? You right, don't really. Right. 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 You know, right. It's like it's like the same thing that's happening in the community with batteries right now. Nobody knows what the fuck battery they're buying. Everything's rewrapped. <laughs> Everything's rewrapped. You know, um, which is scary, and, and, by the way, because that's that's something that's really important. Yeah, it's really important. Uh, and you have you got you know we talk about like the China the China is are the cloners. They make the clones. Well, yeah. They do, but it's the opportunists in China that are making the clones. And, you know, I've said this in a couple of videos in the past. Inikin, Kanger, and Aspire, they are battling the cloners just as much as the guys here, the guys in the Philippines, everywhere else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they have they have lawsuits. They're shutting down factories. They've had to invest in um, in 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 uh, things on their packaging that that you can verify that it's it's a real product that that costs money right. that costs money to do right. and and these are the things that they're having to do as well because right. of what's happening with the clone market. Right. Um, when we got finished with uh, with a tour of both of the factories, uh, went out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and by the way, dinner, lunch, dinner, lunch, every, everything was fantastic. Got mm-hmm. to have probably some of the best lobster sashimi with a live lobster on the table. Uh, and if you if you don't follow me on Facebook, you must have seen the little piggy, which was delicious. And <laughs> I can't wait to go back and have his brother. <laughs> oh my god, I want I want his brother, his sister, and all his cousins. I tell you what, ta- ta- that was that was just some of the the most amazing pork. It, the The skin was like crispy, but melt melt in your mouth. You know, like a pork rind type of thing. The meat underneath it was super. Ju- the, I'm reviewing the pig. I'm actually reviewing That's the good. pig. That's good. <laughs> Two thumbs up uh, and a street shout out for sure on that piggy. Uh, oh the skin was like a, like a pork grindy potato salt chip. It was oh, just so good. Fantastic. Was, uh, you know, all right. I, I happen to love Asian food. I really yeah, do. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's just, I mean, that's the real deal. And it's know? authentic. It's authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
the next day we got up and uh, we 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 got really lucky that Brian was there and Brian does uh, does some consulting for for Egate and Aspire and they yep. also make a lot of his products because a lot of these companies though do uh, private label. OEM right. labels and uh, and we saw that especially in the Kanger factory and in the the Egate factory, different companies uh, products. Kanger does all the Android products, uh, right. and uh, and Egate does various brands including Brian's H two O Sig and, and Vapage brand. But Brian gave us the opportunity uh, Thursday morning to go and see a smaller factory, uh, and that would kind of give us an idea. Uh, of you know versus what we see with the big giants and the smaller factory kind of represents the majority of the factories that are in China, right? Right, right. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely not on the same scale as the Indicators, the Kangers, and the Aspires. Uh, much smaller, couple tables with some workers there putting some stuff together. Uh, we went to um, Bo- I think it's Boomer E Sigs, a vape yeah. shop's best friend. It was great seeing that sign walking up there. Uh, just a one floor, uh, you know. It had about twenty twenty employees, I think twenty twenty two employees. Yeah, that um, was about it. Uh, a few a few pieces of machinery. We actually got to see a molding machine in the same building that was in the basement. Yeah, which, injection which, molding, right? Injection molding, which was uh, it was pretty pretty uh, interesting. Uh, stuff and so they were actually making uh, when we w- when we got there the handle for one of those selfie sticks that you take your camera with, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, right. We, and we, we also, also saw, have, uh-huh. but we also have uh, we have some video and some photos of uh, the actual molds uh, that they were using to make uh, the enclosures for an e-sync product too. Yes, yes, um, and then then something that really surprised me is Brian took us to a clone. CNC shop. I, yeah, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I should say it was a CNC shop that also makes clones. Right. So well, that, that looks ahead. like what their primary business is at this now, point. Right, and, right, but they right. make other stuff too, right? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, I was a little bit concerned going to this place, especially uh, you know with with our camera gear, and you know here come some foreigners with with cameras to to shoot. Surprisingly, they welcomed us with open arms. Open arms, I couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, I, I said this to you. I, I I wanted to go there hating them, right? I wanted right. to go there hating these people. These are the people that are making the clones. Um, and I will still contend that, that the clones are fantastic uh, for vapors, right? Because it gives them the opportunity to get an expensive product, but not so good for the, uh, the original designers. Sure. Um, but th- that's not what I left with. That's... That's not what these people were doing. These people weren't making clones. They were just making product. You were right? really torn. I could tell in your eyes, and while we were doing the interviews and, and doing some camera work, I could really tell that you were torn. Yeah, I mean, the the, the conditions that they were working in, um, pretty horrible, man. It was it was it was not what I expected it to be. Uh, you know, about a dozen CNC machines cutting. They were actually making the K Fun Four when we got there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and of course a variety of other atomizers or, or tubes. We uh, one big room with greasy floors, and uh, you know now we know why a lot of these Chinese atomizers taste like fucking oil because it's <laughs> the entire room is was like in oil. Everything that I touched was oily. Um, everything was covered in yeah. machining yeah. oil. Everything yeah. was covered in machining oil. Yeah, it, it was. And then we went outside, and they had two other little like huts. One was a polishing room where they polished everything by hand, 
And then the other one was the cleaning room where I had like these acid filled tubs uh, where they, you know, they dip the dip the the pieces after they were done. And then a yes. little storage room that was just jam packed with product and just it wasn't dirty and nasty. And and you know, you see these guys, they're working over there trying to make a living. We actually got to ask the owner, you know, we interviewed him and he was he was honest with his answers, I think. Yeah, I, I think he was. Um, you know, and that's something that impressed me too. Like when I was taking photos, uh, they were they were you know moving out of the way for me to take the photo. They were opening up the machines uh, for me to photograph stuff. They were cleaning <laughs> as much as they could stuff off like you know shelves for me to get photos. Um, they brought us drinks. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and 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 one of the things uh, Phil that, that 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 you said is that. Um, they they almost appear, and this is such a contradictory statement. But they also they almost appear like they were proud of their work. But but they were they were they were they were pr- like I said they weren't proud. Well, I can't even say that because we didn't ask them that specific question, right? It's not that they were proud that they were making a replica or a clone. They were proud that they were making something. Okay, um, and I asked the guy. I said, "Are you proud of your of your quality, or, or, or are you proud of what you're doing?" And he said, yes, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of my quality. We have, we have, you know, a very high quality uh, product. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, the, these, ah, God, how do you say this? So these weren't necessarily the evil people. Right. 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 These were just people that were making some stuff out of metal. So, but you asked them the more important yeah. question, and that was the interesting answer. I think, you know, I mean, obviously they do understand that there's some counterfeiting there, even though there's no really any laws there in China stopping them from it. But right. I wanted to get a feel of, I mean, these guys are not vapors, okay? This is something that everybody that's listening to this podcast needs to understand. These guys are not vapors. They don't sit on the computer and, and go, oh, what's the hottest new item that came out? Oh, it's the flask. I'm going to clone that. That isn't how, that's not how it works. Right. Um, but I did get him on camera and I asked him, I said, how do you know what product that you are going to produce here at your factory? And he right. said that they send me the original from America on camera. <laughs> on camera. So that right there really hit home with me. I mean, it really got my mind to the point where who do we blame? Yeah. I mean, us as vapors, we, we you know, we, we build that demand. We build that hype over a product, which I think is, is again, wrong. But we do, uh, and a lot of people in the community do. And and then the vendors maybe see an opportunity, and then they take these products, and they send them to the shop to get cloned. So who do we put the blame on? I mean, if I was going to put the blame on anybody, I think that the, the blame has to go on the CC shop as well, too. But I would put them at the bottom of the chain. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially those guys. Yeah. I mean, the ones that we saw. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and it was, it was um, you know, it, it was interesting to see. I'm glad that we got to see it. I'm glad that we got to film it to show it back to the people here uh, that, that are going to be watching the videos here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it was really, really interesting, and it really tore me apart as far as the chain of blame that we have to put on these products and how they come out. Yeah, you and you did a uh, an excellent little uh, uh documentary piece there yeah, when I put the yeah, camera on you. It just that came was, out just like right there. That's exactly how I felt. You know, I mean it was it was real and it was it was a real struggle within me to to how do we how do we relay this in a in a matter where you know I don't want to offend modders, I don't want to offend vapors and I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend the people that were making this product. But you have to be able to classify on how this process has come about. 
right? right you right. have to be able to 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 show to the people how it comes from the point A to to point Z, and I think we're able to do that. I think we I think both of us did a really great job uh, covering the clone factory. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 almost how I I do the videos in a way, right? Not to offend anybody. Um, if you're using a, a clone in front of me, I would never look down at you as a vapor. I would never think anything less of you as a vapor. That's just not me. I don't get involved in all of the, 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 the replica and the clone drama. I just choose not to review them. I choose to review the, the original pieces right. to, uh, to give credit where credit is due you know, right. from the, the original designers of the product. Um, but uh, it, it it definitely opened my eyes as to as to how things uh, happened there a little bit. Right, right. It was it was, and then we moved on to probably the most impressive uh, spot that we visited, and that was Egate, uh, which I was I was kind of surprised. I didn't think that Egate would be at the level that they are uh, right now, Phil. No, well, I think they've ha- I think they had uh, an an amazing explosion, you know, of of growth from. I mean, really, when you think about it, Aspire. Aspire, the, it was the, the, that first tank that I got, that first coil that I got that I tried that I really, really liked. I gave it to you. I said, I think you're going to like this. You liked it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we started talking about it, and I think they we just We were had, in Chicago, uh, by the way, at the time. I think we were at Vape Bash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I gave you that, that, that coil in the, uh, the hotel room, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave you a couple other things in the hotel sure room, Sure did, too. and some juice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they, they experienced tremendous growth. Uh, and I think they've had successful product after successful product, you know, um, and, and I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens. So and For people that people- don't know, um, eGate is the manufacturer, and what they decided to do a couple of years ago is uh, they were making products for other companies, you know, obviously. Uh, and then what they decided to do is create their own brand. So Aspire, as I call it, <laughs> or Aspire, as Phil calls it, um, is, which is actually, the right way. <laughs> which is the right way, uh, is actually a brand by Egate. So Egate is the manufacturer, and Aspire, uh, Aspire is their their brand. Go ahead, Phil. Right. I don't know. You interrupted me. I don't remember. What no, no, no. About. We're talking but, about, but, about the products. They've had they've had successful product after successful product. You know, the original tanks uh, were good. Then they came out with the um, the Nautilus, and that was good. Then they came out with the um, the mini Nautilus. And then you had the um, the, uh, the the bottom vertical coil, which, in my opinion, is still a cardamizer, right? But yeah. uh, it happens to work really well, uh, and you know. And then they come out with the uh, the Atlantis, and they just take the world by storm. And, by the you way, know, some, and something you, I didn't know, feel is that Egate designed all of the Vision products as well, too. Oh well, that, that's a lot of stuff right there, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I mean, whether we're doing this for other companies as well, they thought, well, why don't we brand something for ourselves? And that's how Aspire was born, and they had tremendous success with it. Yeah, yeah, huge success, and and huge success comes from winning product after winning product after winning product. You had right? a really good good analogy there um, when when we're talking to these manufacturers on how the community and vapors um, treat the companies as the products are coming out. Talk a little bit about that. You know that scale. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's something that I noticed from the community because we know this community. You, we know this community will turn on you in a dime yes. or on a dime, right? Um, there, there are some evil people out there. Uh, but but what happens is if you have a winning product, you you go up on your scale, and if you have another winning product, you go up in your scale, and you continue to go up on your scale. You go from one to two to three to four to five to six. If you have a fail, it's not like you go from. 10 down to 9, right. you go from 10 back down to 1. All the way to the bottom. Absolutely. Right? And it's like you have to build yourself back up again with winning product after winning product after winning product. Um, because uh, because of how fast 
uh, people just want to turn on you. Yeah. And I never understood that, but it does seem to, to be a little bit of, of how things work out there. Joytech is a prime example. You know, they got stuck with that EgoT system uh, while other companies were progressing. They kind of, you know, then they started, you know, enforcing a, a price structure to their to their wholesalers and to their retailers, and they kind of fell off the map. Right. Uh, and now they're, tr- they're trying to make a comeback, and I think a couple of the products that they have out in the market now are really good, uh, including the Delta Tank and the Ego One that I've been using for the past two, three days. It's been performing fantastic. And they're, they're trying to get back into that, that claim. But now the, the market and, and the, the, the space is so saturated, right? It's, it's all the way, when one company comes up, you know, the Atlantis was, of, of course, a huge hit for Aspire. And now all of a sudden all the companies are trying to come up with a product to – uh, you know, compete with that, or or revise it, or even make it better. And prime example is Subtank. Yeah, and and that that goes back a little bit to what you just said. Goes back to the um, the Sevy presentation and some of the Q and A that I got it was basically how do we get our product reviewed by you? How do we you know? But but the problem is is that they're all products that we've seen before, yeah. right? When you talk about saturation. There are companies coming up every day, every day, every day, trying to do what's already been done. Kind of like juice makers. <laughs> exactly like juice makers. I mean, how many e-liquid manufacturers can can the community, can we support, can we sustain? Um, because I've said many times, I turn down on average three to five e-liquid reviews. And I, I don't even know if I'm going to do e-liquid reviews anymore. I mean, I still have a whole bunch in the queue. But... Um, you know, turning down three to five e-liquid reviews a day. But when you think about that, when you really think about that, that's three to five new e-liquid companies coming online every day. Yeah, that's a how lot. can you how can you sustain? How can you you, you can't? It's and, just and, and how can shops carry all their products as well too? Which was another thing that we that we touched on with every uh, with every every manufacturer that we visited then we spent you know a couple hours in the conference room kind of discussing the market and one of the things that we we kept bringing up is uh, you, they really have to think about the vendors back here in the United States uh, because I do work for a vendor here, and I know the struggle that he has of trying to keep up you know, with a new product, number one. And number two, trying to stock everything. I mean, if every company comes out and they have a tank that's going to have a different coil, uh, all of a sudden you know, you, you're stocking you know, 50, 60 different types of coils. Logistically, from SK, SKU standpoint, it's, an, it's really hard for the vendors here. So they really have to, number one, you know, go across the board with a coil that's going to be compatible with all their tanks and limit the, the amount of product that they put out there in order for the, for the market to absorb it and use it. You know, with, with Atlantis tank, we didn't have, what, two months on the market. Boom, here comes a sub-tank. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about the sub-tank. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, makes, it makes it extremely, extremely difficult. Um, we saw a lot of batteries there. Uh, one thing with eGate is that uh, what I noticed, Phil, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they spent a lot of time um, – they spent a lot of time on battery, innovation in battery and battery safety. Uh, a lot, actually. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I, I don't know, uh, probably don't want to talk about this um, publicly, but I saw a couple of, of battery innovations that were really, really interesting. Um, uh, and they're, they're really trying to push the envelope with, uh, with uh, battery technology, and I think that's a really good thing. Um, and I've always said, how cool would it be someday if we find out that the, the new electric car gets uh, so much more uh, travel time on charge because of innovations found uh, or, or that came about because of the electronic cigarette industry. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, we do. We need, we need smaller cells. We need stronger cells. We need longer-lasting cells, yeah. right? 
I, I like the way that they were doing. In, in fact, uh, Tony, the owner, which di- di- didn't speak in English, we, we, we used the translator through the entire. But you could tell that his mind was going a thousand miles a minute. Like, you know, always, you know, he, he sits in the engineer's room uh, where, where all the engineers are. By the way, what, five, six uh, engineers in that room, maybe more. Yeah, I think there were more, but uh, he actually has two two locations where he sits. Yeah. He has his office, right? His owner's his owner's office, and then he has uh, a seat in the engineer's room too. So yeah. he is an engineer. He was an engineer. He still, you know, he still engineers, um, and he's, you know, but you're right though. Mind, you could see the mind going. Yes. Oh, yes. he's always thinking. The- he was always thinking, asking us questions like, you know, I'm thinking about this. Like, what do you think about this? You know, I'm going to do this. Uh, th- right. Then he brought out a CF battery, which you know, you know, I got one and you got one, uh, which is um, uh, the, uh, the based on the sub ohm battery that they have out there now, which, but in a 26650 type size with right. a 50 watt dial on the bottom, this huge tank. And both of you, both me and you, told him, slow down, slow down. Everything is going smaller. Don't go, don't go bigger. We don't need anything bigger right now, right? Well, you know what though, I, I think that would be a, a pretty popular product oh, um, sure. for for a segment for a segment of the community. That's definitely going to be a, a popular product, but and that's something that I talked about too. You have to understand how they get their information, right, and how they see what 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 vapors want. Where do they where do they see it? They see it on Facebook. Yeah, they, they see it uh, in postings. They see it on the forums. They see it on Reddit. And and where are the enthusiasts? Where are the hobbyists? Well, they're on right Facebook there, and right. they're in the forums and they're on Reddit, right? So th- their their view of what everybody wants is a little bit jaded by that. It is, it is. Right? So, um, you know, I always say one of the best ways to see what people want is to visit a whole bunch of vape shops all over the country yeah. because that's going to give you a much better idea. Right. Of, of what the you know the average public wants to vape you know there's definitely a market for everything out there people are vaping all different ways you know I love all of them um, but I, I think their view on on what they want is is a little bit jaded and I, I tried to make that that comment that you know there is a market for the higher wattage devices there is a market for the cloud chasing devices but don't forget your biggest market which is the smoker yeah right um, never lose never lose sight of the fact that we need those those smaller devices, the simpler devices, the easier to use devices, the less fiddly devices, the more consistent devices that smokers need to make the transition. The market is segmented right now, right? Oh, sure. Of we course we have we have the enthusiasts, and then we yep. have you know the people that are, that are trying to stay off tobacco, and I think those people that are trying to stay off tobacco, I think it's really vital that the the equipment that we provide them to start is accurate, efficient, satisfying, uh, and, and it's something that's going to help them stay off combustible tobacco. That market, in my opinion, on a dollar sense, is much greater than the enthusiast market, uh, but not that far off now. Well, not that far off because that more, far. more and more people are transitioning to the enthusiast series, and you can tell by these tanks that are coming out and how popular they are. Of people, course, people picking up the Atlantis. But but the perfect example, the perfect example of you know how a simpler device can still be a popular and, a, and an amazing seller is the ice tank, right? Perfect example. Perfect example. It's it's only twenty watts by but so you know the, how some people see that oh well you know it's so out of date and it's so not you know with but somehow somehow that device sold off of all the shelves. Yes. Right. So there is still a market for simpler, smaller, easier, consistent quality products. And and I th- and I still think that we're 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 ways off because uh, there's still millions of smokers. 
Right. So obviously, obviously, we haven't gotten there to to the device that's going to come out, or, or the battery cell, or or the the combination of atomizer battery cell device that is going to uh, mass satisfy and get a lot of smokers uh, off off tobacco. It's not there yet. I mean, we we know as vapors that you know, hey, we can give you a setup that we know it's satisfying to you, but right. obviously, it's lacking something, or uh, or we 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 convert you know millions and millions of smokers and, and and eliminate combustible tobacco which is my dream and i think your and dream and everybody that's in here that's why i do it um we've during the aspire we we saw the atlantis coil the, the, the i want to spend just a few minutes on the atlantis coil which now they have transitioned as well to to cotton uh yes. a move that i was against <laughs> but uh, but I think a lot of the market uh, is 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 asking for that. I think by by Aspire, you know, listening to to what the market wanted, they wanted to switch into a cotton coil. Um, they went ahead and made that made that transition. I would like to see some scientific data behind it. I would like to see some scientific data on on the coil that they were using before and the coil that they're using now. By switching to the coil, you're basically admitting guilt, and I I didn't like that. I, I would like to see something to back up that uh, the claim of what they were using before. Right, and you know, I I I have been using the term sofa scientists, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I don't like to speak to, I don't like to speak to you know stuff like people ask me my opinion, and just like you, they ask you what their what your opinion was right. of the coil because they they heard all of the um you know the 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 things on Reddit and the things in the forums and the stuff like that, and basically my response is, well, I don't know. Okay, right. there's no way for me to know unless the device, unless the product is tested the way we're using the product. There really is no way to know one way or the other. Who know what they were using might be better for you yeah. than organic cotton. But there's there's no way to know without that 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 testing, without right. materials testing, and testing in the environments that you know that that we're we're using right. the product. Um, so that was my response. Is like I don't know. Keep it wet. You should be just fine, right? Yes. Um, but you know they they heard they heard the uh, the outcry they heard the um you know all of the, they saw all of the posts and they decided to change direction and they've gone to uh and a cotton now so uh there's going to be no more of that that flaky ceramic material whatever the hell it was they were using yeah. now I, I in the factory i did uh, hold that the, the new stuff up it's on camera um, it doesn't appear to be like uh like the cogendo or right. the, the the material that um Kanger's using right. But it does uh, feel to be like a, just a soft, fluffy kind of white. By, by the way, Kanger does use Japanese organic cotton. We opened up, yes. <laughs> we we did some investigative work, and we actually opened up a box <laughs> down in the raw material uh, uh, warehouse space where all the, the the materials come in, and and it was Japanese cotton. Yeah, um, well, I they sent me a picture a while ago, and I used the picture in one of my reviews, and I put uh, pictures of the package up on tasterjuice.com. Uh, it's actually, it's made in Japan. It's from Muji, Muji.net, M-U-J-I, I think, .net. Um, and, and I made the, and I compared it to the, the Cogendo. Uh, as far as I know, it's all coming from the same manufacturer. I mean, it could very well be, you know, but, the, you know, this company puts their label on it, and Cogendo puts their label on it. But it looks, feels... Exactly the same. Exactly the yes, same. Yes, yes. Good stuff. I mean, it's good stuff. Uh, we also um, shot a little video on how to rebuild the coils as well, too, because Brian had a uh, – while they were actually assembling these coils, by the way, I think he said 180,000 coils a day. You By hand. By hand. Yeah. Uh, and they still have shortage. Like they still can't keep up with the demand. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea of what product we're talking about moving through there. You know, I'm almost you know, over a million coils a week. 
Yep, unbelievable. Coming, right? coming out of the fact, oh, just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and and seeing some of the tedious work as well too. Some of the girls, I guess they have smaller hands, so it's easier to work with. It's something that I definitely would not be able to do. Feel. Did you just say the titty work? The titty? No, 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 no. I didn't say nothing about titties. I said about tiny, tiny hands, tiny hands. Well, t- yeah, no. I thought you said the tittiest work that they. <laughs> no, oh. oh no! no. Uh, oh, it's the tedious <laughs> work. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm sorry, folks. Sometimes I have, I do have to translate for them. <laughs> Uh, but but, but seeing, seeing them assemble that was just uh, just mind-blowing. Yeah, and what they use is, and personally, I think they should sell that, right? They have a little metal, what looks like a key a little bit, right? Yeah. And they put the uh, the coil on the key, and then they wrap the cotton around the, uh, the coil, and then they, they insert the key into a jig, and it pushes everything down into the, uh, the base of the, um, uh, the, 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 the head itself, right? And and that's what they use. That's exactly how they do it, over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the the Atlantis coil. By the way, somebody asked me what what coil they were making of. This is the Atlantis coil for for the Nautilus, um, for the Atlantis uh, tank. Uh, yeah. And and Brian actually held up one. It shows you how to take off the casing and how it's really easy to rebuild as well if you want to. Uh, but I mean, overall, I mean, seeing the, the, in the entire process how the cotton comes in, there's one person that cuts the cotton, one person that puts the casing on, and then just press fit it down. And, and at the the end result, there was just like pallets and pallets and pallets of coils. It was, uh, it, I mean, well, what can I say? I mean, the experience through all these factories uh, was was pretty amazing. But what was mostly amazing was the fact that we're able to to film that and, and show it back to the people here in the states and and worldwide. Worldwide, they watch your videos. Yeah, I mean, I. It's the same way when I went to ProVape. I was excited to go there and share that with everybody. It's the same way when I went to Zen's factory. It's the same way when I went to Evolve. Uh, It's exciting for me to share that with everybody. It really was. By the way, you said titties, and everybody's going crazy in the chat. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, after, After the tour at E-Gate... Uh, oh, we did get to see the new uh, the that that new little device that they gave us, the ESP thirty watt, which yeah. was, it was really cute, and they actually put you know Phil and Dimitri's bromance on. It was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. We had a lot of those, which kind of shows you that they are human as well too. They do have some humor in it, um, and it can give us an MVP that's had Phil and Dimitri's a big heart on it. And <laughs> uh, and uh, at, at Egate, they had a um, um, a poster in the back of the office that said "Egate welcomes a bromance." It kind of, they, they, they do have that human aspect out of them. They're not just machines. So I thought it was pretty funny, and I really like that little machine. It has some things that that we suggested that they change on it, but overall, it's a nice little piece. It's a nice little box. Fits fits really well in the hand. Um, feels pretty solid. I think it's a little bit light, um, probably because of the carbon fiber body on it. But um, I, yeah, I think this could be a winner with a couple of tweaks for sure. Yeah, and, and and it's again everybody's trying to catch up to the eye stick, I think as well too. So that's going to create a lot of these smaller boxes, which I like. I like yeah. smaller devices with with a, you know a good battery li- uh, lasting life. I can just throw my tank on there and just go for the rest of the day. They're easy to charge with a USB port. Just set them on the desk. You don't have to worry about rolling over. I'm definitely becoming a box man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> and the I'm good news your is lead. your wife likes smaller devices too. <laughs> oh, sorry. well played, sir. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of my wife, I'm going to get off track a little bit. It, you can't make this shit up, feel. I mean, it, I think I truly think that our DNA somewhere down in in the history have actually, <laughs> you know, we have some family history. Your wife, yes, and my <laughs> wife, while we're in China, I don't know if it was the pictures of us eating. Ordered elliptical machines. <laughs> How the fuck? I, I mean, you, you talk about uh, what are the chances of that? 
I don't know. I don't know yet, but I uh, God knows I need one right now. So yeah, I, I, I plan both. on like in my copious amounts of free time, jumping on the elliptical for a little bit every day. Um, it's in here yeah, looking at me right that, me. <laughs> not only that, right? But I believe your wife had a uh, craving um, when you got back, a- a- as did mine. She did. She did. She ordered Chinese food the Chinese first night food. I'm back. <laughs> Let me tell you, do you know when my wife eats Chinese food? When? Never. <laughs> Never. So, and I come, and I'm at work, and I get the phone call, and I'm like, you know, honey, I feel like Chinese food. I'm just, really? Really? <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. But no, speaking you- of food, speaking of food. Yeah. When okay. when we left uh, yeah, um, the the factory, uh, as is tradition with every factory that we visited after the tour and after the conference that we had, they took us out to dinner. Every one of them, and yep. and here there is a little bit of a you know who's going to outdo the other factory uh, <laughs> thing going on because everybody wants to they want to wine you, they want to dine you, they want to impress you, uh, but also they enjoy it themselves as well too because they don't get that opportunity a lot you know to right. bring in foreigners in, and, and I think as far as the food uh, factor, I think E Gate won. <laughs> I think I think you have to agree with me. They were that were the top of the chain when it came to the food and the, the drinking. Food, the food was so good everywhere, you know. But um, well, you, you know what Egate did, what 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 Tony did that, that the other ones didn't do. He said, um, "Have you noticed something different about the dinner?" You know, through the translator, and I didn't realize it. And then I, I said, "No, you know what's different?" He had everything deboned and deshelled for us. Yes. Right? That was amazing. Just to make it easier for us to eat it. And I, I was, you know, talk about like humbled. And yeah. and I said this because at, at the dinners, it's it's just toast after toast after toast after right. toast, right? There's a lot of drinking that goes on at these dinners. I was surprised how much booze they put down. Oh, my God. And they, and they can drink. They can drink. And, you know, you either have a table-wide toast or – you have an individual private toast with somebody to show that person your respect. The, the, the culture is really, really fascinating to me. Um, but, you know, one of the things, one of the closing things that I said in, in all of the toasts was that I'm a, a simple guy, right? I'm, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, there's nothing special about me. And it, it was just, it's, it's always been overwhelming for me. It's always been humbling for me, you know, to have these kinds of experiences because, I make these silly YouTube videos trying to help people quit smoking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was um, just a, a, a wild experience. That that there I, is I, there I, is something special about you. You're 45 and you shave your chest and you tan. That's pretty special. Yeah, well, but aside from that, aside from that, uh, one thing that I liked about about Tony and just to kind of get, just to show you that they're down to earth people and they're just like us. When we got to the restaurant. Uh, he, you know, he was speaking in Chinese and, and Alex was translating for us. Uh, he made this move and he slammed his fist on the table and he said, we have left the factory. We don't talk any more business. Now we are beasts. And then they break beasts. out this huge bottle of VSOP, right? <laughs> and, and they're pouring it in little carafes and, and, you know, the round table, which was, you know, the custom there. Everywhere we went, they had the round table that kind of passed the food around, which I really like because you get to try like a, a big bit giant turntable. Yeah. Giant, giant. This place. Was, so what they did is they had this brandy. And by the way, if you don't know by now, but feel sweats like a whore in a church, right? I mean, he's, he's a sweater. <laughs> Like, I wish they would come up with some kind of a drug or surgery to stop this because he sweats so bad. 
So we go so into this room and it's hot. Everybody's hot. They serve you hot water. So I mean, everybody they don't like cold in China. So oh. you can imagine two fat guys like me and Phil sitting at a table, <laughs> drinking brandy, shot after shot, and eating. At some point, sweat is just running down my back. It was it was the funniest <laughs> thing to see. So what Tony did, he was smart. What he did is because after every bite, we were taking a shot, literally, Phil. I mean, yeah, after every bite. Yeah, yeah. So what he did is he because it was only me and Phil, and there was like eight of them. What he did is he had the the rest of the people that were there come up and individually toast us. But there were eight, and there were two of us. So what he was right. trying to do is he was trying to get us drunk yes. by sending one person at a time. Yeah. So thankfully, we had. Alex next says, Alex, is, this is what's going on. So then, on you, you caught on to it, yeah. <laughs> so then I turned to Phil and I said, I got a plan. I said, we're all <laughs> we're going to gangbang Tony. <laughs> so we got Brian into it. We got Alex into it. I said, okay, Alex, you're going to go first. Uh, Phil, you're going to go second. Brian, you're going to go third. And I'm coming up. And I'm going to uh, clean sweep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be clean up. <laughs> Let's all go and toast them and get them drunk. And yeah. by the time we left the restaurant, Tony was completely red. I mean, we had an amazing meal. Uh, probably the best lobster. I mean, hands down, the best okay. lobster I've had it in, in in my entire lifetime, and I've and I'm in the restaurant business. I've had a lot, a lot of good food. That dish was amazing. It was like um, almost like like fried lobster chunks in like a sauce over a um, pasta, you know, with, with the the you know with an amazing presentation with the lobster coming out of the dish. It was an amazing dish. It was. It was. Uh, Friday we went shopping, uh, finished up some last minute shopping down at the market, and then we took the long drive to go to Hong Kong where we spent the night before we caught our flight the next day. Hong Kong, I wish we could have spent some more time, but we're so hungover from drinking with Tony the night before (laughs) that, I mean, I literally couldn't make it. When we got to the restaurant in Hong Kong, it was, you know, about 11 o'clock. I wanted to go out and see Hong Kong nightlife because I've heard so much about it, but we literally got to the restaurant and we're both about to pass out. You, my friend, were a whiny, cranky fucking... <laughs> I was, I was. Okay? Let me tell you something. For those of you who are out there who think GG stands for Golden Greek, no. Uh, GG stands for Grumpy Greek, okay? I was. Oh, my God. I, I was grumpy that day. I really was. Well, you are unbearable sometimes. Yeah. Really- well, I, I, was, I was really hungover. I was really tired. We did have some street food, too, by the way. I forgot to mention Friday morning while we were shopping. And we kind of yes. waited for the last day, right, Phil? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we were introduced <laughs> to street food on night one. And night right. one, we took a look at that street food, and we were like, man, well, you know, maybe not. Maybe not on the first night. Because that's all you need to do is wind up with a stomach virus on your right, first right, right, day right. there. And then you, your whole trip is screwed. So, uh, but we did, when we were in the um, the, the shopping district there, um, there were yeah, there were a bunch of uh, street vendors. And, you know, some of the stuff looked, well, maybe yeah. not, but... Uh, <laughs> This this looked pretty good, so we gave it a shot, right? And it right. was um, we had some squid on a stick, and we had some beef on a stick, yeah. and chicken on a stick, and lamb on a stick. A lot of stuff on sticks there, and and some kind of a bird uh, kebab. I don't know what that was. What they they, they they shaved off, which actually was pretty good. They put they served it in that little like pocket. Yeah, a little bun. Yeah, that, that yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was really good. But uh, but overall, overall, uh, what what an amazing experience, and and how humbled it was. I mean, how humbled I was, and you by b- given the opportunity to do this. Um, of course, we need to thank Kanger, Aspire, and Egate and uh, and Inikin because they're the ones that actually uh, made this possible for us to go there. And I think part of it, of course, had to do with. 
uh, marketing these companies. They want to show out to the world how you know how they operate and how their products comes out. Uh, and and I think you know you've done a great job of capturing that on film to be able to edit it and bring it back and show everybody the experience through the factories. And, yep. and of course, you my know, it's, go ahead, again, go ahead. it's very, very similar to uh, you know to Pro Vape and to Evolve. I mean, it yeah. it humanized the company a little bit. It, it it gave you a look at at you know the people and the way things are done. Uh, and and those those videos worked out well for them. And I'm sure they saw that. And I'm sure they got that. And I'm sure they understood that. And they wanted the, the same thing for them. Right? No different. Right. Right. And, and also, you know, for me. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, as an advocate and somebody that's involved in, in government affairs in the political aspect of, of vaping, I think that I drove home, I think everybody agreed that I drove home that open vapor uh, is the future. And uh, it, one, one of the key points that I brought up was, you know, right now there's 17,000 vape shops in the United States with an estimated two to three opening a day. Uh, do you want to lose that business? You know, that is where the majority of your product is going. The C-Store market, the gas station market, uh, the Walmart shelf, it's a limited shelf space. You're not yeah. going to have these 70 manufacturers all making e-cigs that are going to go to C-Stores. It's impossible. It'll never happen. It will never happen. It physically can't happen. It, it can't. It can't. So I right. think that by by being able to relay that, that's why I think I was so successful to trigger this involvement to Sevia. And Sevia is key in order to be able to connect with the advocacy groups here in the United States. They have to come together in, 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 a, in a common mutual agreement. And I believe being, you know, reviewers, and I mean, we we have had communications with these companies for over three years now, Phil. I, mean, I remember the first time that, that you met... Um, uh, Egate or Brian, but I mean, they—I don't want to say they trust us, but they kind of—they take our word a little bit more serious, I guess, since we have been taking a look at these products for the last three or four years. Yeah, I think so. I think well, you know, I mean, I—I've I, always tried to be the level-headed guy out there. You know, the—the—I the, the, still want to be the fun guy, but yeah. I want to be, you know, the somewhat professional guy. Um, I want to represent myself the right way, uh, and I think they take notice of that. Right. You, right, you as well. I mean, you know, you, just the, the the way you dress for your meetings, the way you present yourself, the way you talk about your subject matter, uh, how involved you are with the community. They they know they know who's right. who's doing that that kind of stuff. And I see a comment here in, in the chat that says a Chinese American Association proposal. No, this is not what we proposed. What we proposed is for the Chinese manufacturers to start doing some scientific studies that we can use as a community, not only here in the United States, but in the EU as well, too. Uh, if we do studies on raw materials, on the type of wicking that they use, on the type of coals that they use, that's something that all of them can easily, um, you know, what happens in China, by the way, that we didn't talk about, Phil, is how quickly stuff happens. Like, you want something done? It happens immediately. Like, give the order. Within 24 hours, they'll, they'll ch everything will be changed, right? We it's asked for some nickel coals from Kanger. It happened in, like, what? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it, it was crazy. You so, know, I mean, we talk about light speed. That's, what's, that's what happens there. Everything yeah, is at yeah, light speed. Yeah. Light speed, light speed. So I yeah. think I think if if the, if I triggered anything, I really think that I, I, I was able to trigger them to start doing some scientific studies there funded by the Chinese manufacturers. Then what I'd like to see is I would like to see the e-liquid manufacturers here in the United States work with the Chinese manufacturers because those two products go together. So in order for you to submit an application or for, in order for you to do testing, uh, go to the e-liquid manufacturers, get the e-liquids that we use here in the United States to test your products. They're using 
PGVG with no nicotine, with a little bit of a higher level of PG in their testing. That's not accurate. We have to be able to use is to use the e-liquid products from the United States in the testing. In their testing. That's not accurate. Are you still accurate. there? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Something's wrong. It up. Yeah, you broke it. There we go. How's so, that? That better? Yeah, <laughs> that is better. So okay. uh, I, th- I think if, if anything was solid solidified as far as i'm concerned with sevia is that we have to start moving on this and we have to start moving it out not only is it going to help the industry but it's also going to show out there to the world that the chinese manufacturers do care and they want to do the right thing uh and by kind of scaring them i don't want to use that term but how about being realistic with them i could just kind of lay it on the line i said this is what's happening in the eu and this was happening in the u.s i think they now realize that without open vapor uh kanger innikin aspire all those companies they're done do you agree with that, Phil? Do you agree that without the open vapor, they're done? I think for I think for about one hundred percent of their product space right now, they're done. They would have to retool and rethink everything, and the amount of products they have would be so limited and so unsatisfying that it wouldn't be good for anybody. Uh, I wish we had more time to visit other places as well, too. Uh, virtually impossible. You can't do like two appointments in China in one day uh, no, because they, it's an all-day thing. They sink their hands into you, and you're done. That's it. You yeah. got. You are with them the entire the day. The entire yeah. day. I mean, they take you to lunch. They take you to the factories. You sit in the conference. They want to talk. They want to discuss. You have coffee. You have tea, and then dinner. It's just an all-day thing. Uh, I wish we had a chance, but I think with the short time that we had, because literally we had six days that we shot footage, five and a half days if you consider the half day that we went shopping, um, five and a half days, I think we got tons of footage to be able to relay back here. And ultimately as well, too, from an advocacy standpoint, I think we made great strides. And um, and that pretty much covers the the entire Shenzhen experience for us. That, that's it. That was uh, very, very very well laid out there, my friend, Dimitri. Yes. Yes. And, now, and now your dog... Your dog has to go sift through all this footage and put it all together. <laughs> like, dog. Well, well, that's what you're good at. Yeah. And, and I know you're going to do a good job with it. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, how the videos are going to be, uh, how people are going to respond to them. It's, it's going to be an eye-opener, especially for new people that have come in the community and don't really know where these products come from, to see firsthand, you know, this, this, this assembly lines and how people are making the products and sending them here to the United States. Uh, overall, I enjoyed my time. I get to spend you know a week with you. I mean, that to me was a huge benefit. What could be better than that? <laughs> what could be better than that? By the <laughs> way, uh, at the hotel, uh, they didn't have they didn't give us they give us separate rooms, so yeah. I couldn't have separation anxiety from Phil. No. So they actually uh, maneuvered things around and gave us two rooms that connected with a door. Mm-hmm. So literally, we were sleeping at night. And we had both of the doors open, just so you know, yeah. we know we're right next to each other. <laughs> Always, <laughs> have a good time. Always, always right next to each other. There, you know, there's something else that I wanted to talk about. This there is a very, very unique phenomena that I experienced uh, in in Shenzhen, and it's how Dimitri t- talks to people who can't oh, understand yeah. him. I knew you were going to bring uh, that up. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wished I had more of it on camera. I tried to trick you a couple of times. Dimitri, when when he's talking to people who can't understand him, gets more. Greek. More Greek. <laughs> it's it's the most bizarre thing, it's folks. Uh, anybody listening, it's the most bizarre thing you've ever it's heard. Crazy. Um, it, all of a sudden, his accent gets really, really thick, thick. <laughs> he slows down and he starts to almost, almost speaks Greek. It's really, really fascinating. It's it's an interesting <laughs> thing to experience. My thought process is that if I use my Greek yeah, accent, hear, wait, please, please tell me what your thought process. My is. thought process is that if I use my Greek accent English, yeah. 
which right. I only use when I get upset. When I get upset, I, my Greek accent comes out. Uh, I, I figured if I use my broken Greek accent English, since they speak that way, they'll understand me better. And it just confuses the fuck out of them. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about well, at that point. Me too. I, don't, I, I, I can't understand uh, you. I can't understand them. I can't understand anybody. <laughs> oh, man. Um Oh, hold on, Mike wants to let's see where's where Mike wants to know when I'm going to announce the winner of the giveaway. Uh, it's in the uh, the video I'm shooting now, Mike. It's in the um, the Cloudpour mini video. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually announcing the last winner of the Enigan product, and I'm gonna uh, we're gonna start up another contest in this video as well. Yeah. Uh, good. Did I participate into that? I don't know. Did you? What are you giving away? Um. Uh, well, the, in the Inikin, I'm giving away the uh, the 20 watt, the uh, VV4, the Gladius, and the Vape Gear case. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for the new giveaway, I've got some uh, some Cloudpour minis to give away. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Pimping. Pimpin'. Uh, my worst experience in in Shenzhen, the internet. The internet for for for, uh, for 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 a country that has so much technology and so yeah. much product coming out of the internet sucks balls. I mean, seriously. Considering considering that every internet fucking browser is being made there or or, or router, every router is being made there. They can't seem to get them to work the right way. <laughs> it was horrible trying to connect uh, from there. The best internet connection, Kanger. Kanger had a really good VPN with a fast connection, but the but everywhere else where the hotel was absolutely horrible. By the way, the hotel had some uh, American breakfast as well. Had some eggs and some bacon. That was pretty good. It was so good. If you wanted to get away from you know all the Asian stuff, um, you were there. By the way, I, f I forgot to mention in between there that we did go out for dinner with uh, with Brian one night, and he took us to a Japanese restaurant where we had some fantastic sushi and uh, a lot of sake, a and? lot of sake, and, and then they bring this bowl of <laughs> fer ferment <laughs> fermented beans. So oh. Phil, Phil asks me, he's like, you want to try it? I'm like, well, you go ahead. <laughs> you go first. And, it's, and like Mike, it's like Mikey. I'm like Mikey. Let, let Phil try it first. If he doesn't pass out or die, maybe we'll give it a shot. So <laughs> you lift the beans off the bowl with your chopsticks. It's just sl slime coming down. And right there, I, I knew that I was not going to have it. And then I take out my video camera, my phone, and I'm videotaping you. And you put the beans in your mouth. And I, and I said, hey, Phil, how's it? And the first thing I hear is this. I was like, oh, shit, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. That's not going to end up good. Oh, you know, it, man. They didn't taste bad, but it was the consistency, yeah, know, man. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. You All needed right. an iron stomach for that stuff. That's I for sure. I have kept you long enough. Uh, Phil, give me your final thoughts. What are my final My final thoughts are going to be talking about your uh, how your Greek accent gets thicker. Uh, when, <laughs> no, my, my, my final thoughts are it was a um, it was a very I, I am so thrilled to have had the experience. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to to, you know, be permitted to, to, to share the experience in video. And because that's see, that's what I get excited about. Yeah. I get excited, I get excited about putting that video out there and having people be able to see what I saw. Yeah. Because there were there were a lot of times when I was there, uh, and I would think, oh my god, I, I wish my parents could be experiencing this meal, or oh my god, I wish, uh, you know, my 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 vaping friends could could see this machine or or could see how this is being done. I mean, that that's how I am, right? So uh, being able to, to, to put that video out there and, and show this to people, it, for me, that's, that's exciting. That's, that's why I do what I do, right? There's a question from, uh, from a gentleman in the chat. Says, what is your response to those who are saying that your objectivity as reviewers is tainted after this trip? 
<laughs> I, I laugh at yeah, it. Pretty, I really do. Um, I laugh at it. You know, I look. I, I from day one, I have promised to stay out of the drama, and I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to feed into drama. Uh, if they want to create drama, um, you know, from from a couple people who are doing good things, well, so be it. You know, but uh, that's not my game. Um, I'm an adult. Uh, I think uh, overall, I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish there, Phil. I really enjoyed the trip. Once again, I, I, I was honored and humbled to be able to join you on this. Uh, I was I was glad to be part of your you know the footage that you shot, and of course, what we've been able to accomplish with the scientific studies. Uh, and I look forward to going back. I look yeah. forward to going back because there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to see that I wanted to see, uh, and it was a whirlwind. It really was. So yeah. I feel like I've like I've left something behind. I feel like yeah. there's more there that I wanted to see, and uh, and I want to go shop again. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> sure. I mean, we bought like 50 headphones and we, we spent like 300. dollars <laughs> you know, I, I come back here and I'm like, oh, I should have bought that, and oh, I should have yeah. bought that. I could have. Um, and I just want to let, let me just say something. Uh, you know, I'm seeing these amens and true and amen Bissardo and you know, thanks Phil and everything. Um, I, I I've come to know a lot of you. Um, you guys, you guys hit me up on Facebook all the time and I talk to you like I would talk to my best friend. Okay. I I consider you guys friends. I may not know you at the next vape meet because I talk to so many people, but I mean, I talk to you guys like your friends and you've become my friends. You've become part of my family and I'm so appreciative for that. Um, so, you know, thank you guys. Uh, Always, always, always. Thank you guys. I really do appreciate, um, you know, I'm happy that you're appreciative for what I do for you. And I'm I'm happy that it shows. So thank you guys. I you know it means a lot to me. It does. It does. And, and I can vouch that Phil is exactly the same guy that he is in his videos. Uh, only he smells like mozzarella. That's the only difference. So if you had smell of internet, you would smell a little bit of mozzarella taint on him. I smell fantastic. Okay, I always have my little portable bottle. You do. You do. That was pretty odd. Everybody was looking at you kind of crazy when you pulled that out. By the way, I just want to put that out there. I didn't didn't want to hurt your feelings in China. Shut up. Shut up for a minute. I I may sweat like a fucking pig. And let me tell you something. If there's one thing that I could change about myself, God damn it, it would be that. I've been to doctors. They said there's nothing they they could do. So what am I going to do? Well, what I got to do is get on the goddamn elliptical. That's what I got to do. Okay? I'm getting on there after I finish this podcast. Right. See, St- Stefano, that's what I smell like. I smell like <laughs> tanning oil, nuts, and all good stuff. All good stuff. All right, Phil. Go shoot some video. <laughs> People want to see your work. They're excited to – to you You got a little bit behind on the reviews, obviously. Uh, yeah, well, with this, would with let this me go. Time. I could finish this Clapport <laughs> mini video. Well, thank you, Phil. I certainly appreciate it. I, I'm glad I, I, we got to spend the time there. And – Please say hello to your beautiful wife, Trish, for me. I will and do that. Uh, I'll see you on the next one, buddy. Okay, brother. Thanks very much Thank for having me much. on. Thanks, all of you, for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, that's it. I'm out of here. See Take you again care, soon. Buddy. All right. <laughs> bye uh, Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this uh, edition of Smoke Free Radio. On a programming note, next week I am going to be joined by the board members of the Canadian Vaping Association. This was fo- uh, newly formed. Uh, by some key players in the industry, probably one of the best organized efforts I have seen in Canada, another market that is under threat. I'm looking forward to having Sean and um, and Shay on uh, to kind of talk about what they're doing there, have they launched. Uh, they're, they're making great strides. I want to make sure I get a podcast out there that everybody can share, uh, especially in Canada. Uh, and try to get this effort going and, uh, and and increased. Canada is another market that's just kind of waiting to see what the FDA is going to do. Uh, and I love the Canadian vapors as well, too. we got to be able to help them as well. I will be back next week, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the VP Layup Network.
Have a wonderful evening.